at SifPop. We're your movie friends. But are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can chat movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writers Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And this week, I'm joined by Sif Pop Writers, Scott. Greetings. And for the first time on the show, welcome, Jeff. Hi. We write for SifPop.com. We do movie reviews, best ever challenges, and lots of other interesting movie-related articles. Make sure to check out SifPop.com to keep up with that. Uh, in addition to the BEC returning, some other stuff has been uh, published recently. Scott, I feel like it's been a hot second since you, you did a review, but... You did the front runner for the best picture this year. I did. So if you're interested in some real-time thoughts and everything ever all at once before all the hype, Scott had that review. I think it's fair to say that's the front runner, right? I think so. That's that's definitely my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, it's just one of those I feel like all the people want it to win, but like is the academy going to vote it? It's just one of those mm-hmm. man. Um one of those kind of like uh you know, normal people versus, you know, bougie people, whatever, you know, or, yeah. I mean, I guess the fact that, look, I loved Babylon, but the fact that like Hollywood didn't nominate either of the two, like, well, I guess there's three big directors making their movie about Hollywood this year or about film because you know, they're cinema paradiso, essentially. Babylon is half cinema paradiso and half boogie nights slash you know, all <laughs> the other bad things. But like, no, you know, Fableman, no Empire of Light, and, which I don't think they were ever going to nominate Empire of Light because it sounds like that movie sucks, but. Yo. Yeah. Or maybe they're like, we got Fablemans, we got our quota, we got our Hollywood likes Hollywood movie. And anyway, yeah, it's just like fair. I think it's fair to say that's the front runner, at least for common folk like us. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's definitely the most creative movie of the year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If that was a separate category, there would be no competition. But yeah, yeah, I think there's I mean, I'm trying to think of what would win if not that one. I, like, I think the boundaries of Inner Sharon is, is creeping think, up on it. I think that's the only kind of close one. And that's kind of that one is, I mean, it sounds like women talking. It just seems that that one was not released wide before nominations were coming out. So like, you know, maybe that one has a good chance. Just people weren't talking about it because most people couldn't see it. So anyway, we're off topic. So, so Scott published that. I I don't think, I don't recall anything recent from you, Scott. Am I wrong in that? No, it's been a hard few months for me to, really commit to uh, a review some mental issues anxiety sure holding me back from wanting to put anything out there so i've been just kind of taking a step back from my writing still very much part of this pop group yeah so i appreciate you all still just being here for whenever i'm i'm ready to jump back in i've got one coming in in march sure. to jump back into the reviews but yeah it's it's been a hot minute yeah i've got uh two coming in in march cuz um i claimed the apple tv show shrinking and uh, uh, Luther is getting a the TV show Luther is getting a sequel, uh, a movie, se- a movie sequel. I'm thrilled because Luther. Oh, like yeah, I just I, I just saw something about that today. I only saw it like on Wikipedia recently. And it's just like, hold on, this is coming. How did I not know about that? And look, Luther is like a top five TV show of all time. So especially those first three seasons. How long has it been since the end in the this movie? I'm sorry, what'd you say? How long has it been since the end of Luther and the the movie? Um, season three ended like ten years ago, wow. uh, but then like Idris Elba blew up, and then they did season four like two or three because it's BBC, so they just kind of do seasons whenever mm. they want. 
So that was like two or three years later. And then they did season five, like two or three years ago. Yeah. And apparently they're doing this. Uh, So yeah, it's great. Plenty of time, plenty of time to watch it. That's also BBC. So there's only, I think like six episodes in season one and then like four and two and three. And I think five only has two episodes. So Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, Jeff, you've done some things recently. You did the recent Gossip Girl review. I did. Not something I would have pegged you for. Uh. <laughs> no, you know what? No, I, I totally, that you're, that is very warranted. I totally understand that. No, I, I actually really enjoy like the original Gossip Girl and I've been following the new show just because I'm just like, I just want to see what's going on, what it's like. And, um, I, I don't, to- I don't totally, I didn't totally love this new season. Like, and I, and I found out the news of it, like getting canceled, like five days before the last episode aired. And so I was like, well, this is review is going to, going to be weird. Yeah. So I don't know. But a show it was, you it was did fine. like that you did the review for was Jack Ryan season three. I did. And I liked Jack Ryan. Yeah, man. I need to get around to that third season. It just, there's so much TV. It's good, man. Gosh, those first two seasons are so good. I love me some, anything Tom Clancy is right at my wheelhouse. Uh, except for the, uh, the Chris Pine, Jack Ryan one. That one sucked. I haven't, you know, I've been trying to watch that one. I haven't been able to get my hands on a copy of that. So I'm going to, I think it's on, it's somewhere on streaming right now. So I'm going to go check it out. Probably. Yeah. That one and then without remorse is super disappointing, but, and what do you, Oh, that's the one with well, Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Book I is still great. get my hands on I that s- one too. I, I still would love one. a sequel to that. Cause the sequel is supposed to be rainbow six. And I'm like, we're getting rainbow six. And then the movie yeah. sucked and COVID and all that. And I don't think we're ever going to get a rainbow six movie. <laughs> and I'm so sad. I've been hearing some some rumblings about it recently, so I don't know. Have you? I think your prayer. Uh, yeah, I heard, I just I was just reading something that said Michael B. Jordan's going to come back for another Without Remorse, and then they're going to do Rainbow Six. Okay. I well, think. I heard. Don't, don't hold I me just, to that. Well, the, there's a teaser at the end in the post credit scene. The teaser sets up Rainbow Six. So, uh, and Michael oh, B. Jordan, okay, well, they, they announced both movies at the same time. So. Okay, well then maybe I misinformed. Then I thought it was I thought it was both of them, but maybe it's just Rainbow Six. But I didn't I mean, hear maybe something they about it recently. We're like they're they're it's back on track or something. Well, I hope so because I we need it. I need it. <laughs> life, my life will be complete. Like people that are like unfamiliar with Rainbow Six, like I mean, like the video games are great. They always have been. Like Rainbow Six Vegas was the first like Xbox 360 PS3 era video game I ever played, and that is still one of my favorite. But like. After that, I read the book, and the book is freaking good. It's just like 800 pages. <laughs> really small text. Um, anyway, uh, off trap, off topic again. <laughs> uh, all that, so plenty of stuff you can check out on the website, sifpop.com. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about um, two coming attractions, a TV show. We don't do those terribly often in this, and a blockbuster movie coming out um, this week. But then we'll, after that, we'll move on to the SIF topic. Two movies crossed off my watch list this week. Um, 500 Days of Summer and Three Ninjas. I mean, Three Ninjas is kind of one of those that, like, I promised Scott we would do it. And then we changed the format. And I'm like, we can still do it. It doesn't really apply anymore. But you know what? I made a promise and I intend to keep that promise. So, but yeah, 500 Days of Summer being the big one that's getting crossed off my watch list. And then uh, we will fantasy cast a Three Ninjas sequel after this. Um, like a real time sequel. Um, I thought that would be a lot of fun. And of course, we'll wrap up with a spinoff. Uh, but first, let's get a chance to know our writers this week. Um, Jeff, I'm going to put you on the spot for a bit because I didn't put these in the notes, but I always ask these questions to every new writer that comes on the show. What is your favorite movie of all time? And um, when did you realize that movies are kind of your thing? 
Man, that's a, well. Okay, so it's it's, a, it's kind of a mixed bag question when you ask me what my favorite movie of all time is. It's I I Always really is, yep. I, I, I like <laughs> to give a top five when people ask me that. But if I'm if I had to pick one movie, just one movie, I would have to say probably Empire Strikes Back. Sure, I, just, great I feel like that's a movie that yeah, I feel like that's a movie that I can just kind of sit down. I can watch it whenever. It's got a little bit of everything from like the Star Wars w- world that I just love, and yeah. It's it's I mean, it's just top notch. Awesome. I like to think of that question in terms of like, um, what's your favorite movie of all time in terms of like one of two ways, like, hey, I'm coming over to your house later and I've never seen the movie in my life. What is the one that you want to show me to be like, hey, this is why movies are amazing. Or what is the or, or like similarly, what is that movie that you can't wait to show your kid like when they're of appropriate age? I think that's a really good way to think of that question. Yeah. And I think this, I think if I were to answer that question, it'd be probably be like the original star Wars or something like that too, because it's just, that's, and, and going back to your, your second part of your question, that's the movie that like got me like, Oh, I love watching movies. Like mm-hmm. it got me started in watching like, um, those are the first movies I remember watching. But after that, it was like um, the Michael Keaton Batman movies. I remember watching like burned through the mm-hmm. VHSs of those movies. I loved them. For sure. And then uh, just a real quick, uh, when did you get involved in writing for Civ Pop? And kind of what sparked that um, uh, that uh, desire to, to go for it? So I've been kind of a writer my whole life, but I was doing a lot more like short stories and um, like uh, I went to film school. So I've been you know involved in like writing screenplays and making movies and stuff like that. And over the last few years, I've been kind of stuck in like um, just nine to five jobs. I haven't really been able to get a lot more creative. Um, and so I wanted to start, you know, watching more movies, writing about those movies. And then I've been listening to Sif Pop for a while and I've heard Dicer on um you know the Cinema Sense podcast and his and their videos and just wanted to reach out and see if there was a way I could start writing for the website um and then just you got in touch with me and then we just you just got me kind of set up from there um I always like hearing that like why on earth do people ever want to do this you know why why do you want to spend sometimes hours a week you know especially if you claim a movie like there are some people on our BEC week that they claim a movie that they specifically haven't seen because they're like it gives me a chance to watch a movie so you got to spend the time to watch that movie and then to write a paragraph about it on why it's so good or like you know for for the reviews like especially you mostly do tv reviews like we want to get those out as soon as possible so like even if you weren't planning on binging Jack Ryan you kind of have to now you know so well, that's what I did today with the first part of the new season of You. I just finished that up like right before I came on here. Oh, nice. So expect that tomorrow. Okay, nice. <laughs> I will make a graphic for it when I do it. And Robert hands, handles the uh, text. I'll get a graphic. But I, uh, but I totally get what you mean about like um, the BECs, about how they just kind of get you kind of introduced to uh, some different movies. Because um, we did BEC for The Menu when that was coming mm-hmm. out. And it was like, you know, movies about food. And um, I had never seen Big Night before. And so mm. when I watched Big Night, I loved it. I absolutely adore that movie. So I like I just found out that they released it on Blu-ray, so I picked up a Blu-ray of it and I'm ready to, I'm I'm so excited to watch it again. Yeah, there were so many of those movies that like Letterbox watched this. Letterbox like like mm-hmm. Letterbox option Letterbox watch list just went up like six or seven movies cuz it was just like you know, Boiling Point was on there and that was a movie I didn't yeah. know about. Or I knew about but like I didn't know it was that well received by everybody, you know, you know, you think of food movies and you think of chef, right. And chef's awesome. And I only saw it for the first time, like maybe a year ago, but like so many good food movies, it's not just chef and ratatouille, you know, they're just the two best. Yeah. But I don't anyway. know. I, I would put big night up there. I'm excited to watch it. I still haven't seen it. 
All right. Well, one thing I wanted to do here at the top of the show, then something that Jeff, you are prepared for, at least hopefully, because these were in the sh- these were actually in the show notes, is uh, I would like you guys to make one bold predictions about a bold prediction about this year's Academy Awards. Uh, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I think that everything, everywhere, all at once will sweep every category that they're in. Interesting. I'm the exact opposite. Okay. I think it's going to get snubbed hard. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. I do. All I right, love so, that movie a lot, but I think it's going to get snubbed hard. All right. So it's nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. Yep. Uh, no, no lead actor um, because uh, they don't have a lead actor. Michelle Yeoh is a uh, lead actress. Um, Ki Hua Kwan is a uh, supporting actor. Um, Stephanie Sue, supporting actress. Original and screenplay. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, shoot. And Jamie Lee Curtis. Yep. I'm trying to like look at all these ones. <laughs> Let's see. Original screenplay. Uh, film editing. Pro- nope, not production design. That's it. I think it's got uh, best original score. Costume design. Uh, yeah, you're right. Score. No sound. Score, but no sound. Yeah. Scott is saying that it's Walking Home with none of those. No, I'm saying all of those. Oh, all of those. Sorry. And uh, Jeff is saying it's Walking Home with next to nothing. I think it'll it'll be next to nothing, but I I want it to win everything. But I just I think that like just I I just don't think it's gonna. I think Banshees is gonna sweep. Mm. (laughs) So all right, so you think that for supporting actor that Brennan Gleeson is gonna take it instead of Kiwi Kwan? I think probably Kiwi Kwan is gonna win. I think that I think that one's a good one to to place money on. Okay, but you're saying that Kate Blanchett is gonna beat out Michelle Yeoh? Yeah. I, I just a little feeling in, in me. I just feel like that's going to happen. I don't want I don't want Kate Blanchett to win. I want Michelle Yeoh to win, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Do you see either Carrie Condon or Angela Bassett beating out Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Sue? I can see Angela Bassett winning. Yeah, won the Curtis Choice, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't be mad if Carrie Condon did. She's so good in that movie. She is really good in that movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think Banshees is going to sweep. Like, Ooh. I think it's, I think it's going to win Best Picture as much as I want. Everything Everywhere All at Once to win. I think Banshees is going to win Best Picture. Shoot, you both have some pretty... You both have so, the, <laughs> the opposite bold take. And they are both bold takes. I mean, look, to say that Everything Everywhere All at Once is going to win Best Picture, I think is... We want it to happen, but yeah, what does the Academy think? I think yeah. it's I think it's too early to tell. Um, but I think we decided... I think it is the frontrunner for now. I, I, think but it's, but that, I think we're I holding feel, it back... Is just the um, how long ago it came out. It came out almost Maybe. a year by the time the Oscars but Top Gun Maverick is still in there, and that came out about the same time. And I don't think it's going to win. Right. Oh but... yeah, that has that. I think every. I think we can expect a movie like that every year going forward. Is the, okay. the big blockbuster that everybody seems to really enjoy. Yeah, last getting a, last year had a movie fast like that this year, right? <laughs> Absolutely, fast. <laughs> X. Yeah, what did last year have? I just said Nightmare that. Alley. Dune. Dune, Dune was November. I mean, uh, I guess yeah, I guess right. it's no Dune Dune still feels like 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 Lord of the Rings, you know, not like you know, I'm talking like a Black Panther, like is a good example of like you know, popular film, but worthy popular yeah, I can't, film, you know. I can't remember what came out last year, but I, I want to say there was another big movie like that. Twenty twenty two Oscars, best picture. Nominees. I don't think anything came out quite like in the summer as like blockbuster. King Richard was one of them. Power of the Dog. I will say this about Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, Belfast. Yeah, I mean... Maybe I'm mistaken. I mean, Don't Look Up, like, it's kind of one of those, one of these things is not like the other, but... Yeah. I'm not, like, surprised that I still really like that movie. Don't Look Up. 
Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Um, well, and uh, Jojo Rabbit was one, I think, that, uh, that worthy of a Best Picture coming. nominee. Yeah. But, like, that's that's more so a movie I don't I don't see as, like, trying for Oscars, you know? And the thing I really wanted it to have, you know, supporting actress for uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson to get that. Anyway, I will say this about your, your conflicting everything ever all at once um, views. I think I feel better about I, it. It seems very clear to me that this is very similar to last year with Coda and Power of the Dog. There's a fan favorite and there's a best film of the year. And um, I feel more confident that everything ever all at once is going to win over Banshees than I than I did about Coda over Power of the Dog. I wanted Coda to win and I was frightened that it wasn't going to. It, 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 the moment that it won me over was when it won like screenplay because I'm like I wouldn't have picked it for screenplay, but uh, and it won director. It's like really like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't no it didn't win director. Jay Campion still won director, but there was there was another thing that I was like really like it won that I wouldn't expect that, and it was just like obviously it's got to win now, um, and obviously it was always going to win best act best supporting actor Troy Kotzer of course. But I I feel better about everything ever all at once winning this year than I did this time last year about Coda. I'll say that so. I was looking through this list trying to find like a movie that I think is nominated for a lot and going to be snubbed. And I think that like everything's got a chance at some things like like remember when American Hustle got nominated for like 13 Oscars and left empty handed. Like, yeah, I remember like Elvis. Elvis was nominated for a lot. But like, I think there's a sneaky chance that Austin Butler wins. But there also is a you look at like that. But like you also look at like makeup and hairstyling and production design and costume work like. You know, Banshees and everything ever all at once could also be a front runner for a lot of those, but like, yeah, I think Elvis has to win something, right? Elvis I, will I win something. Think, what that is, I don't know. I didn't think people yeah. were that high on Elvis when it came out. No, it definitely I wasn't best really picture. High on it. I don't think anybody was, but I think it's one of those like it's got a lot of the technical things, right? It's not going to win screenplay or best picture, but yeah, production design, Austin Butler, like they didn't nominate Tom Hanks, you know. I, I was, you know, I was that just going to say that I'm surprised they didn't. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't nominate him mm. brendan Fraser. yeah brendan it, it feels like it's yeah, coming down to brendan fraser or austin butler but uh i think there's but i think there's a sneaky amount of people that are trying to push paul mescal for astroson you know i was just gonna say that i think paul mescal might have a good chance people are loving Afterson. yeah i need to see it man i am trying to find like a movie that i think is gonna walk away with nothing or something that it's like this is really gonna upset mm. and it's like i think i would say if, if All Quiet on the Western Front wasn't nominated for Best Picture, I would say I think Argentina 1985 is going to beat it out. Man, any picture that's also nominated for Best Picture, it's not. It's going to lose. <sighs> Man. I'm even looking at original song, and I don't really like any of Like I haven't seen RRR, but like Hold My Hand and Lift Me Up and This Is Alive are so unmemorable. Yeah. Like Lift Me Up was fine, I, I, but like I couldn't I tell could, you. I couldn't tell it. you any of the original songs. I don't think I've listened to any of them. Yeah, and I haven't seen Tell It Like a Woman. Uh, this is taking way too long to make one bold take. Um, <laughs> you just cut this out. No, I don't edit. Uh, <laughs> I don't have time for that. Dang That's it. the secret. How about this? How about this for a bold take? The <laughs> ceremony will not have a controversial moment. I hope you're right. I mean, like nice there will not be something earth. that is trending at Twitter the next day because Will Smith slapped Chris Rock or, or even though Chadwick Boseman should have won and, and they led it up to the final award because we all thought it was going to be a great way to end the show. Like there was not going to be a big snap. Anthony the Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think there's a lot of pressure this year because, because there's been snafus last year. And I think they, 
I think there's people that are still convinced that that was staged and those people are wrong. Yeah. But like, I, I think there's a lot more pressure. I think they're going to screen a lot more of the jokes. I think they're going to streamline a lot more things. I think having Jimmy Kimmel is a pretty safe choice to host the Oscars. I'm going to say there is not a, the headlines the day after will be this film one, not Will Smith slapped Chris Rock or something yeah. along those lines. We will be talking about the actual awards more than anything else the day after. And I think that's a bold take. <laughs> I would, I, think yeah, gonna, I would love to be. Go ahead. I think they're going to be so tight about everything this year. They're going to run a super tight ship. And unfortunately, I don't think it's going to mean anything because these Oscars is premiering the same day as the last of us finale. And everybody's going to watch the last of us finale instead of the Oscars. Yeah. And sure. Like that, that's fair. <laughs> the last of us is some of the best TV I've ever seen, but, um, Agreed. but like, I don't, I don't, I think people are going to shut off the Oscars as soon as last of us starts and then they'll finish the Oscars later. Or they'll cut, they'll watch it on Twitter or whatever, you know? So I, I think views are going to be a super low mm-hmm. for the Oscars this year for that being a fact. So anyway, I think they're going to run a really tight ship and it's not going to mean anything. Cause a year later they're going to come out and be like, it was the lowest viewed Oscars ever. It's like, duh. <laughs> As a reading, maybe if Top Gun won, you know, then people would start watching again, you know, because all the old, all the, all the dads want that movie to win, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad if it did. Anyway, we've spent long enough on this. All right, you guys have gotten the chance to see my movie collection. Pick a movie. Uh, let me hear a roast. What do you have? Uh, I don't know how how long have so not so much about you, but you you've been with your wife for a while, haven't you? Yep. Uh, yeah. we've been married for 2019, 20, uh, 23 years. I don't know how you've gone this long without showing her Happy Gilmore. Mm. <laughs> well, I just showed her Hot Rod this last week and she hated it. So <laughs> not, oh. not hated it. She's like, this is not my kind of movie. Like, She's like, you love these dumb, wacky, mm-hmm. zany kind of joke per minute movies. And they're just not my style. And like, she likes a lot of the comedies I show her, but she hated Billy Madison. So I don't. Oh, <laughs> she hated Billy Madison. She just thought Hot Rod was. She's like, I I didn't mind it, but I won't watch it again. It's like that's fine. I'll watch it like three times a year. So I'm seeing that you have Lost in Translation on this list. Yeah. Have you have you not seen that one? Nah, that is a that is a never seen. But it is on the schedule later. No, no, it's not. It was. It was, and then I had to change it. Yeah, that's a good one. I think I'd, bu- I'd bump that a little early on the list if I were you. Yeah, it's man. There's so many of these that I would bump up the list, but yeah, I think um, I so think my, it was supposed to be lost in translation, but then I couldn't find room in the schedule, and so I had to mm-hmm. not do it. I'll get it on the next schedule for sure. My initial um, thoughts were when I was looking at this list, I was like, I really can't judge you on any of these because I'm one of those people that where I'm looking at this, I like, oh, I haven't watched that either. Oh, I haven't watched that either. Oh no. Like, I, I really can't judge you too much because I'm like, I, a lot of these movies I haven't watched either. All right. Who do I have on next week? Robert, uh, Alex, Alex and Jonathan are on next week. Alex, if you're listening, I need you to be mean to me because nobody has been mean to me so far, except for Robert. And uh, like, I'm tired of people being nice to me. Like, you know what? It's a solid collection. Like, you know, like it's, it's fine. Yeah, I will yes, say you have a, you is. have a solid collection. It is. It is. But every, you know, every collection has a gamer and a, mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a um, you know, a diamonds are forever. The God, that movie sucks. But that makes sense because part of a franchise where's the, you know, mm-hmm. every 1500 movie collection has a 
Oh, it's a movie in here. Only I like. Boondocks Saints too. On here you know? too. <laughs> I'm ready for people to start being mean to me about this. Um, I, I need more time with you. If I spent more time with you, I could probably be mean <laughs> to you about this. Okay. Well, fair. All right. Um, let's move on then, because we took up a lot of time. Uh, one random question for you guys. I want to know, what do you consider your greatest accomplishment? The, the question was framed in terms of career. If you want to go that direction, fine. But I also like like to respect people's privacy. And if you don't want to reveal any sort of hint at what you do for a living, then I don't want you to reveal that. So what would you consider your greatest accomplishment? Uh, mine is actually pretty easy. I floundered uh, for most of my 20s, not really having a real career purpose. So in 2018, I went back to school to get certified in education and was able to accomplish that. And uh, I, I will go on record that I am one of the worst English teachers out there because <laughs> English is hard. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Just the reading comprehension part of English, I find difficult, but I would mm. say that I'm a fairly talented writer. So being able to overcome the reading comprehension test and get certified and have a fulfilling career in education is incredibly rewarding for me. That's great. I always like to tell people I learned more about the English language when I learned to read Greek in high school <laughs> or in college, because <laughs> then I actually had to know what a participle was, you know, uh, not just hear the word. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. I'll, uh, I'll go next. I have, I have a master's degree in spiritual formation, and um, the capstone project for that was I put together a um, hour-long documentary. It, it kind of sucks. Like It shows that somebody that doesn't really know what he's doing and put it together, somebody that was rushed for time and all that. I wanted to update it, and I just don't have the time to do that. Was a I spent like 70 hours total working on this project. Uh, no, maybe I think it was more than that, actually. I think it was like closer to 100 hours. Reading, compiling, studying Generation Z, and uh, putting together a... Um, like I put together, like I called it a documentary. That was my final, my capstone project on how Generation Z thinks and how um, specifically the church should be interacting with them. But I think that that goes beyond the boundaries of the church. Uh, if you want to understand Generation Z, you know, maybe that's a video to check out. And even that. I think I have a pretty firm grasp on them, maybe more than they do. Cause I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I see TikTok and they're like eating Tide Pods. And it's like, really? Like, <sighs> anyway, Jeff, what about you? So I, I'm also, you know, like I said earlier, I'm a writer. And so I've been trying, again, trying to find more ways to be creative, you know, while still working at my job and kind of working the nine to five and not really being as creative. But I, for over the last year or so, I've been taking old screenplays of mine that I wrote like back in like, you know, right after college and, and all that and in college. And I've been taking them, trying to rework them and make uh, making novels out of them, trying to expand the story a little bit more, trying to uh, just you know, flush things out a little bit more. And and with one of them, I've been spending a lot more time on and I've been really trying to dig deep into the characters and the story. And then one day I was just sitting at my computer and I'm typing and typing and I'm like trying to connect two bits of the story that I just haven't been able to find a way to connect them. And then I connected them and one thing led to another and I was able to connect every little piece of this story together. And then by the end of like an hour, I had the entire story of this book just put together. And I just felt like this wave of like completion wash over me where I was just like, oh, my God, I like I finished the outline. I can actually start writing it now. And once I start writing it, like I can actually like 
finish the whole thing. I don't have to think about it anymore. And it's just like this weird wave of just like emotion just kind of waved over me. I was like, oh, my God, maybe I'm good at this. I don't know. That's really cool. I don't know. So what you're saying is, uh, is is when we're talking about make one bold Oscar prediction, we're going to say, I think Jeff Allen wins best screenplay, you know, in 2027 (laughs) or whatever. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Maybe let's let's yeah. hope so. Let's let's put maybe, yeah. maybe give me a little bit more time on that. Just give me a little more time. Twenty twenty eight. Yeah. Twenty twenty eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I felt I felt good about it. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, maybe that'll give this podcast a boost. People will be like, oh, this guy. You know, we really liked that yeah, movie. That dude. I wonder that if dude he's ever been there. on a podcast. I wonder if he's ever been on an amateur <laughs> podcast before. <laughs> I have. Right. Uh, let's move on to the coming attractions. Uh, we Sweet. will start with the. The smaller product, uh, because I feel like um, you know, always want to end um, on the on the big one. Uh, Hello tomorrow. Um, I look. I saw a trailer for this, and I really wanted to pull pull this out um, because I thought, what an interesting thing that I'd never heard of. And I I try I try to with these coming attractions um, pick things that obviously you want to hear. At least I think you want to hear us talk about. You know, something like Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, or you know, the big releases that come out. You know, we'll talk about Scream Six in a couple weeks and things like that. Um, obviously talk about, you know, we'll talk about the things that, uh, I think you want us to talk about, but also to hopefully shine a light on something that you may not have known is coming out. So hello tomorrow is a TV series, 10 episode series starting, um, this week, um, episode premieres February, February 17th. It'll be a 10 episode run on Apple TV plus stars, uh, Billy Crudup, Hank Azaria, uh, Allison pill in the cast there. And, a a, quite, a a few people that you're like, I know that face, but I don't know his name uh, or his or her name. Um, so hello tomorrow. Um, we're going to say, so for the sake of the scale, I'm going to ask you guys to imagine if this was a movie instead of a TV series and imagine that it was going to um, uh, theaters instead of a streaming service. So it's in your local theater. We're going to take budget schedule and any like COVID concerns um, out of the equation here. The only thing holding you back from seeing this movie is your free will. Are you going to check this out in theaters? Are you going to wait till rent it out, rent it at home? Are you going to wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for? Or are you just not interested in this? Uh, Scott, why don't you start us? I would probably wait for a streaming service, uh, for it to hit a streaming service. It does okay. seem interesting, but I'm getting, uh, oh, what was that movie? It's okay, darling. Oh, don't worry, darling. Oh, don't, don't worry, darling. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm kind of getting getting that vibes from it where it has an interesting premise, but they don't know exactly what to do with that idea. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I like the actors attached to it. I like a Hank Azaria um, mm-hmm. to get some serious acting, uh, uh, some serious roles from him. It looks really nice, but it, it doesn't pique my interest that much. Okay. What about you, Jeff? Yeah, I think this would be a wait and um hit it when it's like rent it or at least um get it when it goes to streaming or something like that i think i I think it's i think it's a really cool concept and i i watched a trailer after you sent the show notes out and i was like i I had not even heard of it and then i saw the trailer i was like oh my god this actually looks kind of fun like i would go watch this like and but i don't know if i would actually just go run to the theater to see it i would maybe just wait until it like just comes out like it would come out like uh to rent or when it hits streaming Okay, uh, I'm going to buck the trend and I will be a theaters and I completely agree with everything that you guys are saying. Scott, I totally agree. It looks like this could go so wrong so quickly. And uh, and Jeff, I agree with you where it's like it's it's hard to kind of grasp exactly what they're going at with it. It and, and it could go any one of di- one of 10 different directions. And I'm not sure if I'm going to like the direction it goes. I just think I am so much more excited about 
projects that feel ambitious to me um, than I am. Like I'm willing, I am much more excited for a movie to take a big swing and completely miss than a movie to just play it safe the whole way through. Like, and that's kind of how I feel about like Avatar The Way of Water. I feel like it just kind of plays it safe the whole way through. And so nothing was really exciting for me about that movie. But I feel like this is doing like first time anybody first and last time anybody has ever compared Hello Tomorrow to Avatar The Way of Water. But like I would much rather a, a, a big movie take a swing uh, and miss. But the, the two movies that I think of um, when when I saw this trailer, like it it's not going to bode well, but I'm still in this in the theaters camp. I think of Tomorrowland a lot um, for obvious reasons, mm. but not just because this, you know, is very much feels like it's set in Tomorrowland, you know, um, not just because of that, but also, um, you know, with the whole like action adventure romp thing. The other one I get the other one I get vibes of is I don't know why, but I can't help but think of like reminiscence for this movie. And they're like nothing related, but reminiscence was one of those movies that I was like, I'm so ready for this concept i'm so ready for this movie and just feeling like it didn't quite go where i wanted it to and it left me ultimately disappointed even though i still really liked the thing probably more than anybody else i know and like i feel like i feel like this has such the potential to be that i feel like this has a potential to be a smash hit on apple tv plus but i also feel like this has the potential to be something that literally i'm the only one that saw so but it looks ambitious hank azaria looks so good in this role uh, so does Billy Crudup. I just, I'm so ready for this show. I'm really excited to watch it. And um, I, like, like I said, I, I will, I will forever be excited for something that wants to take a big swing and miss. Um, probably even more than than the thing that is going to take a big swing and hit because we knew it was going to. You know, like we all knew Avengers Endgame was going to be, you know, an, an excellent movie. At least if you were a fan of the MCU, right? you all knew that this was going to be the the best superhero movie ever made, you know? And then, um, uh, or at least the most satisfying or, or your favorites, you maybe not the best, right. But your favorite superhero movie you've ever made. And, you know, but I, but I just really love like, all right, here's the deal. Take everything ever all, all at once. For example, remember when we saw that trailer and we're like, I'm not sure that this is going to work, but I'm so ready to see it. And it's the best picture front runner. I just, I kind of feel that way, you know, like, this could go so wrong so quick and it's going to be a train wreck, but a train wreck that I'm going to love to watch, you know, just like the bears, just like Chicago bears football every season, something that you just like, you, <laughs> it's so awful, but you just can't look away from it. It's either going to be that, or it's going to be something no love, that's like, no guys, love guys, for guys, the guys. Chicago bears. No, no, no. You know, I'm a region. You know, I grew up in the region. I look, yeah. I, I always tell people, people ask me what my NFL team, first of all, I don't care about NFL. I think it's, a, I think it's a stupid league. College football is better, and even then, I think college football has tons of issues. But people always ask me, like I say, my allegiance is to the Bears because that's where I grew up. Now, the second that they move to Arlington Heights and Chicago starts a new team, I'm going to that one because they'll hopefully have better ownership. Um, but also, like I've been alive for 27 years, and the Bears have made the Super Bowl once and flubbed it hard. It's hard to get behind a franchise that is one of the oldest in the league and has only one Super Bowl victory. So, you know. When your team isn't ever good, um, you know, like Raiders fans, how are you guys doing? Anyway, <laughs> I, we're off topic. I, I just, I, and I, I get, I feel like I'm, f- I'm so excited to see if this is going to be good or bad by the end of it. I have a, I have a sneaky suspicion that it's going to be great. So I'm going to shut up. Now I'll, and... I'll definitely be watching it now that I know of its existence. So I'll definitely be checking it out. Nice, Scott. Are you going to wait to see the reactions? Are you going to give the pilot a shot? 
Uh, no, I, I'll I'll wait for the reactions. If if people are saying it's good, then I'll I'll check it out. Okay. I mean, I'm still behind on Severance, so that's kind of how yeah, far I behind that I am on, on TV shows. So, and I I know everybody loves that show. So I yeah. if people say it's good, it will it will go on my long list. Yeah, I, because I'm writing the review, it kind of forces me to watch it. But yeah, I'll get to Severance one these days, man. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, onto, are you guys ready to move on to Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania? Yes. Absolutely. All right, cool. I, I feel I took most of that, so I want to make sure you guys had said anything about Hello Tomorrow that you wanted to. Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. Um, Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, along with Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne, explore the quantum realm where they interact with strange creatures and embark on an adventure that goes beyond the limits of what they thought was possible. Uh, Peyton Reed returning. He will be, like the I think, the second director in the MCU to do a full trilogy behind um, John Watts for Spider-Man. Yeah, I think because so. Favreau yeah, yeah, did Iron sounds Man. right. Shane Black did Iron Man 3, so Favreau never got the full three. So. Yeah. Uh, and Russo Brothers didn't do Cap 1. So, yeah. So, I think second, and I think even, like, man, try to find a director that has done a trilogy. Uh, like, Nolan's the only one that's done that with Batman. Uh, Raimi. Raimi did it with Spider-Man. Raimi did it with Spider-Man. You're right. Yep um that's a good call but like yo burton only got two schumacher mm-hmm. only got two batman right. movies donner only got one and a half superman movies <laughs> anyway paul rudd of course returning evangeline Lilly, uh catherine newton is the new cassie lang uh michelle pfeiffer uh michael douglas uh randall park is jimmy woo coming back um i'm thrilled to see that is he coming back he's listed uh, in randall imdb park? all right so. i'm ready for it I mean, I would imagine since he was introduced in Ant Man and the Wasp. So yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't know if like if the story was gonna include in him because I knew because I know that the story is going to be in like mostly told in the quantum realm. So I wasn't sure how they would bring him in for that, but I'm sure it'll be like a cameo or something. I just realized this is um probably a spoiler if I tell you who's playing it. So don't look up IMDb if you don't want to know. But Modok will be in this movie. And oh, yeah, I know, I've heard I know that. about that yeah. one. Yeah. I, I I don't think I don't think I've seen I think I've seen the first trailer for this movie so like I don't know if that's but like that's definitely a spoiler is the casting I think <laughs> yeah I I was gonna say I I think I think the rumors are pretty widespread but I won't say anything either I have no idea what you're even referring to so <laughs> that that makes me happy though and then of course the other the big I guess starters for the franchise we have uh, Bill Murray who's going to be in a a role I don't think we know what's going on with that and anything you know bill murray uh right now uh, <laughs> but it seems like they're not cutting him for this movie so there's at least that a uh, william jackson harper cheaty from the good place making an appearance mm-hmm. in this movie and jonathan oh, yeah. majors as king the conqueror um i don't think it's a spoiler to say that they are kind of treating this movie as a like it feels like loki introduced the character and kind of set him on this path but this is supposed to really kind of direct towards the king dynasty so this is kind of going to be the movie that is really going to bring a little bit more clarity and vision to where the end game is um, in, you know, the next saga of, of of MCU. So enough dancing around the bush, Jeff, real quick. Do you care about the MCU anymore? Oh, absolutely. I, I love the MCU. I, I okay. I've watched all of them. I'm I will. I literally have my tickets for Ant-Man Quantumania already. Me and my girlfriend are going to go see it. I cannot nice. wait. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I feel like a lot of the Civ Pop writers are either like, yeah, it's still great or like it's not as great, but I'm still invested. But there's a lot of them that are like, I'm just over it. Like it's it, it hasn't been good in a while. And I have a lot of friends every, who feel like that. Every movie, I start to feel a little bit more that way. You know, like I, I liked Black Panther Wakanda forever, but like 
I didn't love it. I liked Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but I didn't love it. Um, I think the only properties that I loved from Phase 4 was Hawkeye, WandaVision, and Shang-Chi. So I think that's it. But I haven't seen She-Hulk yet. Loki Loki was good too. Loki is fine. It wasn't for me. So (laughs) Um, I I really like the beginning and the end of Loki, but I didn't really care for the middle all that much. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're obviously in theaters then. Yeah, I'm I'm 100% there. I'm going to go see this in the theaters too, but... I'm probably going to try to like get an IMAX ticket if I can, you know, if I, if I don't work next Thursday night, uh, actually I don't, but I have another commitment. So I'm going to try to see this on, on a big screen as soon as I can. Uh, but like, if I don't see it opening night, fine. Like the most unenthusiastic theaters I could ever say, like, I, I kind of like, now nah, I'm going to let, I'm going to let Scott say his, say his thing. Theaters rent streamer skip Scott. Well, first, I want to say the way that you're almost talking about it is like Stockholm Syndrome is like <laughs> you you're reluctantly still giving yourself over to the MCU. But like, it feels like yeah. there's, there's going to be a breaking point. It feels like for you if they don't write the ship soon. For, for me, Man, it's, I'm it's, just it's, saying like so much is riding on this new Blade movie <laughs> and, and Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, but yes, uh, I, I would say yeah, I'm, I'm firmly in theaters as well. I've, I've not quite let go of the MCU reigns either i I mean i even saw morbius in theaters that's how much i'm still into the mcu Um, i'll I'll see everything they put out yeah i guess it's yeah man um all right here's here's my thing that i was about to say i think ant-man is one of the best mcu movies i think i have it at like eight i think ant-man is an excellent movie and i think it's so good because it has high stakes but it's so fun and it's so creative and it's so small scale compared to everything, you know, especially by this time we had Avengers. This is after Age of Ultron. No you pun know? intended, by the way. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really liked the first Ant-Man because it felt like such a contained personal story that felt detached from the larger MCU and better for it. And and then the and then Ant-Man of the Wasp came around. And I think I like that movie more than most people, but I still don't really like it all that much. Like, it's fine. It's it's among the bottom of the MCU for me, but the bottom of the MCU for me is still like a three and a half stars, you know, uh, except for mm-hmm. Thor the Dark World um, and Captain Marvel. <laughs> everything like that's everything else is three and a half stars or higher. So out of five. But I just this feels too ambitious for this character. And like how how on earth is Ant-Man going to survive this movie? Like if Kang is the next big bad and they're not going to kill Ant-Man yet. They'll, they will. I'm willing to bet one of the one of the main four is going to die. Probably one of the two olders, if not both the two olders. But like that's yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It's it's such a it is. This is so hard too because like Ant Man is the leader of the Avengers in the comics. Like it's not Iron Man, it's Ant Man. <laughs> so like it feels like he is ready for the task. But the way they've set him up in the MCU like doesn't really lead me to believe that. And especially like Paul Rudd is still your main character, and he's got some dramatic chops. But like. He also still is the guy that makes your blooper reel like and 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 puts your blooper reel in the movie because it was just so good. You know, I feel like this movie is going to bite off more than it can chew. And that scares me. Or I feel like this movie has bitten off more than it has the capacity to chew. This is way too big of a movie for a character for the character like Ant-Man as a setup in the MCU. Yeah, it, it definitely feels weird that the the big bad is going to be. Yeah, like because you don't because Ant Man, I, if I believe it didn't quite have or either one of them really have the world-ending stakes that other MCU movies had. It was kind of contained to its own 
story and and conflicts compared to this one where like this is supposed to be the thing that launches the essentially the getting the band back together movies of yeah. bringing everybody back together for this one big fight so yeah i'm yeah. i completely understand where you're coming from where like you don't expect to see this from an ant-man movie i think if this movie is focused on modok significant like modok is the big bad i'm significantly more interested um as opposed to uh like kang being being the big like it just feels like let your doctor strange set up kang you know let your what's another blade could set up kang why not you know like it just feels see i thought that the fantastic four would set up kang the most great great excellent fantastic four feels much better fitting but it makes sense too in this case that it's you know that it's ant-man interacting with kang first because again he's it's it's all about time travel and quantum whatever and so bringing ant-man into his world first might i i think i think it's going to surprise us i think it's going to be a more fun than we think it is i, I am see, so I ready for the that stakes to that you yeah i don't i don't totally see the same stakes that you do where like you say like oh i it's it's just too big for him now i think i I think by the end of the movie, it's going to end up being like status quo. Like he's not going to, you know, it's not going to, you know, go outside of the quantum realm. I think he's going to end up staying exactly where he is. Okay, sure. Hopefully, maybe. Um, I am so ready for this. I'm just so ready for this movie to completely surpass my expectations because my expectations are so low. Like, I I feel like in general, the longer franchises have gone on, like the 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 least I'm the less I'm invested in. You know, I feel like Avengers Endgame was kind of that point where it's like, how are you going to get me invested in something bigger than this? And it hasn't yet, and and I don't know that it will. Right? I'm like, I think they'll turn it around, but it's like, you know, like I I am so disinterested in anything about Fast Ten, but I'm going to be in the theaters opening night anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 one of those things where I'm just like. I am by by tampering my expectations. I feel like that helps my experience. And like, I'm not really asking for a lot. Like, I'm just asking to have a good time to forget about everything else except for what's on the screen in front of me to be sucked into a world and not realize that two and a half hours has gone by um, to to be encapsulated and engrossed in a world that isn't my reality. That's all I want from a movie to experience joy and empathy and pain and to to be, you know, to feel good <laughs> or sometimes to feel bad sometimes not joker but <laughs> other movies <laughs> schindler's list why not yeah <laughs> i um i i feel like by lowering my expectations i'm going to come out of this movie really liking it uh, but i know I, I feel like people that are still into the mcu are significantly excited more excited about this movie than i am and that's that's a shame because i like ant-man significantly more than I think most people, even MCU fans. Yeah. And no, I'm the same way. I like Ant-Man is kind of like my favorite out of the MCU as well. And so like my, my expectations are a little higher, but I still, I think it'll meet my expectations. Like I, I think I'll, I'll be satisfied by the end of it. Okay, cool. I'm ready to have that experience. Yeah. Any last words? I I think I'm most excited that it just kind of snuck up on me. Like there's no hype around it at all. I feel like maybe that's just because I'm just not, like as tuned in with marketing or whatever, but I just feel like it's not all over the place. It's just like, Oh, like when I saw this was on the show notes of like this, the coming attractions, I was like, Oh wow, really? Like, okay, cool. I think part Mm -hmm. of that is February release. I think part of that is the last MCU release was black Panther with Conda forever. And then before that Thor love and thunder and before that Dr. Strange and multiverse of Mattis. I mean, I think all three of those had significantly more like 
excitement about it because like I, I think I like both Ant-Man films a little bit more than everybody else. The first Ant-Man movie a lot more than everybody else. And especially after Ant-Man and the Wasp, like people that aren't into the MCU really don't care for that movie all that much. So I feel like I feel like um, there was something to be excited about for Thor Love and Thunder because Thor Ragnarok was such a surprise hit. And there was something to be excited about with Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness because Doctor Strange is still an interesting, awesome character that's bringing a new element to the MCU. And WandaVision was the bee's knees. And then for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, we were all asking, how is this franchise going to move forward and both uh, honor and move on from you know, Chadwick Boseman? And then you just got Ant-Man, which like is introducing Kang. <laughs> like, uh, we're not introducing him because he introduced in Loki, but like is supposed to set him up and introduce him to the big screen and all that. And it's like, I think you're I think it's really interesting too, you, you, just because of what you said, because it's like it's so interesting that I think there are a lot of people that would even identify as mcu fans that that aren't aware that this movie is coming out like like i don't know that my mom knows and my mom i think ant-man is her favorite mcu movie i don't know that she knows that there's a new ant-man coming out this week so yeah i think i think with the you know the overall mcu i think ant-man is probably like the least like popular but i think it's one i think their movies are one of the best Sure. Uh, we should move on then. We are an hour into All this. Right. Uh, so, and uh, we haven't even got to the SIF topic. So real quick before we get to the SIF topic, a uh, chance to promote your stuff. If people have li- been listening to us for an hour now, if they like the things that you have to say, where can they hear more of your thoughts? Jeff, this is your first time. Let's start with you. So you can follow me on Letterboxd and Twitter at Jeff Allen Writes. Um, those are pretty much the, the two big ones. Um, but I also have a photography page that I'm an amateur photographer, borderline for, uh, professional. You can go follow me at Jeff Allen Creative. Nice. And Scott, what about you? Uh, as I've mentioned before, I usually keep my, my social media pretty private. So I just always encourage people to check out SithBop.com and the great content that's always posted there. Woo! Okay, uh, quick reminder, Patreon exists, patreon.com siftopwr. If you're interested in getting access to episodes early and some other fun perks that might be in store for you. Okay, time for us to get to the Sift topic. We're going to start with 500 Days of Summer because the fantasy cast is over three ninjas and that will flow better. So, 500 Days of Summer. Uh, by the way, spoiler warning for both of these films, we'll be talking about them uh, in their full detail. You know, And I, I honestly am not sure that either of these are like like three ninjas like you kind of know what you're getting in 500 days of summer like i feel like the intro of the movie like does a good job of telling you what to expect so i don't really know there's any but either way we're gonna spoil anything that you can think of from these movies uh, I, I guess we're not guaranteed but we're gonna be able to talk freely about them and uh yeah so that want to do that up top quick synopsis of the movie uh, this is a 2009 film after being dumped by the girl he believes to be a soulmate hopeless romantic tom hansen reflects on their relationship to try to figure out where things went wrong and how he can win her back uh, this is Mark Webb directing, who then went on to do The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, and Gifted, which are all movies that I love. Uh, starring Do- Zoe Deschanel, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, Clark Gregg, Matthew Greg Gobler, which you may recognize from Criminal Minds, Jeffrey Arend, uh, Patricia Belcher, and where is she? Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown from Community. Some other people in here, some other people you might recognize, but I feel like those were the ones that was like, oh, that person, really? So, 500 Days of Summer. Before we get into our rating, Jeff, you picked this movie. A uh, little bit, uh, what is your history with movie and move, with this movie? And then um, you had roughly 1,500, well, a list of 1,500 movies that had a decent amount of them um, that you were able to pick from. Why did you select this film? So, 
my history with this movie is it came out when I was like late in high school and it was around the exact time when I was turning into like a hipster and I was moving to Chicago and I was going to film school. <laughs> this movie was about me. So I watched this movie repeatedly. I love this movie. I think it just it changes your it changes it changes every time you watch it. And it just everything down to Joseph Gordon-Levitt to the story to um, uh, the, the music, the soundtrack just it blew me away. I I couldn't stop watching this movie all through like my my young adult life and into my adult life. Nice. OK, um, Scott, what is your history with this film? Uh, I actually watched it a couple of years ago, but before that, I think I only saw it once before. Uh, really great movie. It's I've got nothing but great things to say about it. My history with this movie is I saw it one time before this podcast recording, uh, before before watching it for this podcast recording, um, and that was probably two or three years ago. Yeah, because this is a movie that I like. It is one of those like I'm not terribly into rom coms, and I feel like this is one that that people have even that don't like rom-coms have really liked you know this is one that has um critically acclaim as well critical acclaim as well as i think i don't know if this movie was big enough like is this movie a, i don't think it was big enough to be like out of the conversation but also not small enough to be in the conversation of a cult classic uh like i think it's just like a modern classic is maybe the best way to put it yeah which i think is a lot of fox searchlight you know <laughs> so it's i watched it about two or three years ago and i hated it like maybe not quite into hate it like strong dislike i really didn't like this movie but i found still something about it that made me want to return and um so i think it was one of those that like i found it at um, a blu-ray resale shop for like three bucks and i was like you know what i really want to give this movie another chance and so i picked it up and i watched it again uh yesterday so in the same order do you like it love it hate it dislike it or think it's just okay jeff i love it i could watch this movie again right now and Scott? Uh, on Letterboxd, I gave it five stars. I love it. I am teetering. I'm teetering between it's just okay and I like it. I think if you made me pick one, I'm going to go like it. I have a lot of problems with this movie, but there's so <laughs> oh, yeah, much there, there's to love problems out, There's problems out the wazoo, but I think I, I overlook that because of my history with this movie and just my, my adoration for it. I, I, will, I, I will say on this, on this reviewing... Uh, I I wasn't as um, attached to the uh, Joseph Gordon the ca- uh, character of um, of Tom as I w- once was. I would love to get into the negatives of this movie, but um, I don't think that's fair, especially because I am the minority. You both love this movie. I will say this here: I think this perfectly describes the way that I, I feel about this movie. Even though I don't like this movie, I really like watching it, and. I think there's plenty to like about this movie. So I will kick the conversation off by saying, I think this movie is really funny. I think yeah, this there's movie... a lot of really funny movies or moments in this movie. Oh yeah. Super funny moments. I think this movie has an incredible soundtrack as Jeff already mentioned. I think it works really well. I think that um, the cast has really great chemistry together, um, including the, the roommates or the, the, the friend group, not just Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. I think the cast works really well together. Uh, even even Clark Gregg like is feels a little off, but he's supposed to. I think everybody is so good in in, in what they are called for for their roles. And like Chloe, seeing Chloe Grace, Grace Moretz every time, just love it. And there's some really really interesting creative things, uh, like creative visuals going on in this movie. Like 
the scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt falls asleep in the theater and like um, does like three or four small vignettes that play homage to like classic films, uh, but with him in them. Or like uh, um, there's a scene where like it's it's him talking and like it, it's a very narrow focus, like 35 millimeter camera. There's there's a lot visually creative with this movie that it even though I don't like this movie, I really like watching it. And so that's why I kind of teeter on the it's just OK and I like it scale. Like at the end of the day, I had the choice after watching this movie to put my Blu-ray in the cell stack or to put it back on my shelf. And it went back on my shelf, even though I kind of even though I don't don't really like this movie all that much. So, yeah. So let's keep on talking about some of the positives and we can talk about any of those that I mentioned in depth. Uh, but those were some of the things that I wanted to say. Like, I mean, it's such a weird place with this movie. Yeah, I uh, think. I, um, go ahead, Scott. Uh, I, I was going to say I really like the uh, story format of the playing with time. Um, I think that's that's uh, a gimmick that um, I don't like calling it a gimmick because I feel like it underplays how well it's done. But I I think that uh, the the way that they just play with uh, going back and forth between the relationship and showing you. Uh, the parallels uh, was really creative and a good way to uh, make sure that this stands out from your average uh, rom-com. Man, I disagree so much with that. Jeff, how do you feel about it? Well, I think there, I think that the, the, you know, when, when it shows what, what day it is like that even brings in some comedy to it. Like there's like that, that um, stretch where he's, you know, it's like it's like day like four hundred and forty two where he's like really depressed. It's like a twenty days like stretch. Yeah. It's like it's like where he's just laying in bed and he's like just really depressed and it's just like day whatever and he just like hits the alarm clock and just looks depressed. Day whatever hits the alarm clock and then it's like shows like a half and he like goes to the store to get more Twinkies and uh, whiskey and then like day whatever again like the next day he's right back in bed you know eating Twinkies and and drinking whiskey again like it adds it I think it adds to some of the comedy in a really fun way. Scott, you were going to say something before I prompted Jeff. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, do you think the uh, the movie's more effective if they start at one and take you to 500? No, absolutely not. No. I like playing with the timeline. I didn't like the way that um, this movie was edited. I I like jumping back and forth, but I didn't like... Th- there felt to be no rhyme or reason every time it was jump- every time it jumped. I could never find out why... And I don't know if this movie is filmed chronologically or not. Or, or if it. it was filmed in sequence, I was like, it kind of felt to me like they filmed it in chronological order. And then the editors just got to play around with how things like looked and felt. And I didn't feel like the movie was consistent in any of that. I was thinking about this too. I love, I'm a big Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind fan. A fan. Like, like I think a lot of hip hop writers, like it's like in the like hot, the low 20s for me, like a 27 or 28 of all time for me. I think it's an excellent, remarkable film. And man, something about sci-fi rom-coms between that and about time, you know, but I think that movie does such a great job because we start off at the end and we, so we see all the terrible and like, yeah, there's no way by the end of this movie, I could want them to be together. And then it walks us through the relationship again, but we also still get to see Jim Carrey in present time reacting to losing those memories and, and how he's clinging to the good ones, even, even, even knowing the bad ones are there, you know, even, even knowing all the hardship. And at the end of the movie, I think Joel and Clem are terrible for each other, but I still want them to give it a go because that's the magic of that movie, right? And, and I think the message of that movie is that you should pursue what you love. It, it's it's a not Icarus. What is the what is the story of the person that Sisyphus? So he's pushing a Sisyphus. boulder up. Yeah, it's Sisyphus. No, 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 no. I'm thinking of 
the person that that uh, his his lover dies and then gets sent to hell, and he goes back and rescues her from hell, and then he turns around. It's Greek mythology. Uh, he, he, they say the one condition is as you're leaving, don't turn around, and he does. <sighs> okay. So the reason why I'm thinking of this story is because um, there's a musical out there. It's excellent. You should check it out. It's called Hades Town. Um, it's touring right now. It's a smash it on Broadway. Um, Orpheus and Eurydice. That's the that's the two. That's the Greek tale. The way Hades Town is framed is in a way that it's a tragic story. At the end, it does not end well because at the end, you know, he has to go rescue his lover from hell, and and all that is said is, "Don't turn around. If you ever turn around, then I'm gonna take her back, and that'll be it. You will never be able to see her again." But if you're able to make it to the stretch and right at the very end, he turns around. And so she is taken back and he has to get sent back to the earthly realm and live without her. But the way the show ends and I'm spoiling the show, but I think honestly, it kind of helps. Like, I'm sorry for spoiling the show, but you'll forget about this by the time you see it. I, I guess skip ahead 20 seconds if you have tickets to the show, you know, but if you don't have tickets, buy some tickets right now because this show is great. The way that it ends is is by saying we're going to start playing the show again like it it gets very meta and it says that we we choose to tell this story again because love is worth pursuing even though we know it ends tragically and i feel like eternal sunshine the spotless mind has that very same message and i never feel that way about this movie i believe that summer and tom are terrible for each other but i man i feel so far off from what i was saying that i can't quite remember (laughs) oh the editing (laughs) i feel like it's i feel like it's so inconsistent that I would have much preferred jumping back and forth, but give me, there's a scene where they go to Ikea and they're playing around with the knobs and, and there's a scene where it's early on in the relationship and it's fun. It's whimsical. It's cute. And then one of the funniest lines in the movie, honey, I don't know how to tell you this, but there's a Chinese family in our bathroom slayed me. But, but, but before that we get to see the, um, them later on in their relationship walking through Ikea and she's completely disinterested in him. And I feel like the movie as a whole would play better if it stuck to that editing style. Take one scenario from the beginning and the exact same scenario from the end and show me how the two like has changed over time. Show me how how it's not just feeling like a random assortment of of uh, of events that are, are almost filler to get to the end. You know, none, none of the like way none of the transitions felt smooth. They never felt like they were trying to tell the same consistent message throughout. It, it just kind of felt like, eh, let's just have this setting in here. It, it felt like they made a bunch of vignettes and they said, take what works and take what doesn't and throw them together however you want. It really doesn't matter. And unless I'm missing something, am I? No, I don't think you are. I mean, like, that, it's an entirely valid opinion to have about it. I, I don't feel the same way because I think that, because, like, that Ikea scene that you're talking about, like, they first show the scene That one where works really well. He, where I where he goes like oh honey it's not working and she's walking away and then it cuts immediately back to that you know way back when when they went there for the first time and I think that holds a little bit more weight because then you're like well why is why is he saying that why is it oh because they had this really fun day and he keeps thinking back on it but there's another there's a moment later in the film where his sisters you know they're, they're like it's like almost towards the end of the film where they're um he's like drawing in his book and she says well why don't you think back to all those moments and, and really think about them really, you know, and then he starts kind of in that um, Simon and Garfunkel song starts playing. And then he's like, really starts thinking about like all the moments that may have started changing things for their relationship. And I think that's kind of like, for me, that's kind of what like, Oh, like I for lost my train of thought, but I think, I think that moment really kind of shows like, okay, 
he was maybe putting just too much, you know, thinking too much into it, or he was doing too much into it, and she was just kind of carefree and having fun. I, man, I think that moment works really well, but I'm saying in the meantime as watching, so for that case, I really like the message of this movie, which is, I think, why I kept the movie. I remember really not liking the movie the first time around because I expected a rom-com and it opens and it opens up and it's like, just so you know, they aren't going to end together. And I'm half expecting, you know, an ending that's going to make that's going to put them together anyway. And then it doesn't happen. And I just thought these two are terrible for each other. How can they not see that? Sure, they're both young, attractive people. You know, Joseph, look, I'm just going to say this and then I'll move on. We need to start talking about Joseph Gordon-Levitt the way we talk about Ryan Reynolds. OK, so <laughs> there's we're going to fight. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> we're gonna fight <laughs> why he's, finish with that. he's dreamy <laughs> oh is oh oh is that where you're going with that yes oh never mind oh no we're good he's incredibly <laughs> attractive and remarkably charming and he's super talented and, and he's like an incredible musician and producer and director and writer and I, I, we we need to start swooning for jgl the way we swoon for ryan reynolds oh okay no no we're good i, okay. I just, I just okay. think he's neat <laughs> Uh, yeah. I I, th- I think that there's been some discourse as of late of Ryan Reynolds being kind of pretty one note, and that's why I thought that you were going with that. No, 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 no. I I was actually thinking about the, during this movie, like I would really love to ask Joseph Gordon-Levitt which character he's played he identifies with the most because mm-hmm. like he's played such a wide oh, variety. A, you know, in Inception he's got yeah. this like swagger to him, you know, and in this movie he's like kind like a kind of quirky, shy, quirky, shy, hopeless romantic, and you know, then you take. Uh, third rock from the sun or or 10 things i hate about you right and and it's kind of like this child whimsical which he has i i like to think he's like most like himself in the night before but maybe that's just because i love that movie mm-hmm. anyway have you watched I was thinking about uh, that during mr. this movie have you watched mr corman that's on apple tv plus oh i saw the pilot uh and then i didn't go any further <laughs> i i i think because he he had a really huge hand in making that and he like wrote all the episodes or something like that i think that would probably be most like him sure it makes sense i think that was kind of his baby yeah i was yeah i mean don john was also his baby he wrote and directed it but i don't think he identifies with that that character character. at all yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway so so the editing for me didn't work because i really like the message of this movie right but ultimately i um again i feel like there i would i would have really liked how about like a repeating sequence like we saw the ikea where we see you know after the breakup um, where he's pining over her and he can't get over her and he's wrestling with trying to win her back, even though he's not really given an opportunity or whatnot, you know, wrestling with his job and all that. And then flashback to like the early part of their relationship where we see like a cute event. Like one of my favorite sequences of the movie is the sequence after they have sex for the first time and it turns into a musical number. Yeah, uh, that's and great. Dance in this yeah, that's a it's, great it's scene. so delightful. It's great. And so why not show? So how about show show the breakup? Uh, so, so some part after the breakup uh, and then show that scene and then parallel that to, parallel that to a scene later in in their relationship where either she's completely disinterested in having sex with him or they're having sex. But it's completely void of passion. And then flash forward again to, you know, the miserable, like kind of show us why he's pining for her. But then but then show us the audience why the the entire time of this movie. I just wanted to scream at both summer and Tom to just be like, you're both stupid. You're both idiots. I hate you both. (laughs) And I think, I think think the movie's not supposed to make us root for these characters. And I'm fine with that. It's not, it's not really meant for us to root for them 
anytime they're together as individuals or a couple. I think the only time we're meant to root for them is after after they break up and after she gets married. Like I think that's the only time we're supposed to root for them, but individually. Yeah. Like I don't think we're supposed to want them to be together at the end. And uh uh but anyway, I, I feel like there's a much better, much consistent, much more showing us the message of the film. Or how about even Here's an interesting idea. I don't think the movie works as well as this, but it's a little bit more consistent. How about show us all the good and then have that scene where Chloe, uh, where Chloe Grace Moretz is like, okay, but how are you like, how did the scene actually go? And instead of showing us a montage, show us these sec- show us that second half of that Ikea scene and show us the, you know, the, the, the opposite end of the coin with the, with the, uh, you know, sexual encounter or whatever, you know, maybe I don't know that that's a movie's any better. But I think it's more consistent with this mes- with its message, and I think it has some sort of structure as opposed to, all right, we're going to tell them that this isn't going to work out, and then there's going to be this big punch at the end that's going to be like, it was never meant to work out, and you've always thought more of this relationship than you should have, and you overthought this, and this is just like everybody's first semi-serious relationship, and we all should feel embarrassed about the way that we had our first love or whatever, you know? You know? Am I? Am I yeah. Do you see where I'm coming from on like why this movie oh, didn't work yeah. with me? Like, I would love to see a fan edit of this. Like, I might yes, even do it at absolutely. one point where like, where like, I might just like edit the, edit the film in chronological order and then edit the film in like all the good stuff and then that scene and then all the bad stuff. And yeah. Then, right. And then, or yeah, I don't know. I think I don't know. Really that, I don't know that it makes it a better movie, but it's, it certainly makes it a more consistent movie. I don't know if it makes it as, as entertaining a movie, be, but it, I think it would be interesting. Or, or how about just all, you know, the breakup, all, all a, a little bit of the bad at first, right? That breakup, that initial thing, and then show us all the good for the, for like an hour and then give us that scene and then give us 20 minutes of it all being terrible. And then we're like, all right, I get it. Fine. And then give us a five minute resolution. You know, it doesn't have to be 50, yeah. 50 split, but I think, I think there's a way to do this structure the way they have it. Um, but move that scene where she says, you're just remembering things. Cause she's like, from an outsider's perspective, I'm so glad you guys aren't together anymore. Like, I think if you move that 20 minutes earlier in the, in the movie uh, and, and have that be more of a focal point of, of, of the movie's climax and resolution, then I think that's a much, a much, a, a movie I'm much more interested in. I can see that. Um, but like I said, I think the cast works really well. I think everybody's given a great performance. Um, I love, I love seeing all these people. You know, I said there's Spencer from criminal minds in there and, uh, uh, Jeffrey Arendt, who is the uh, the guy that has to eat all the all the the weed at the beginning of Super Troopers, <laughs> he was he was one of my favorite parts of this movie for sure. Like, there's the moment where Joseph Gordon Levitt quits his job and he's just sitting at the desk. He's like, yeah, and then he like immediately realizes, <laughs> so he's like, I'm gonna shut up before I get fired. <laughs> one of and there's my the favorite scene moments. With- Go ahead. No, go ahead. There's the scene with um with the guy from Criminal Criminal Minds, and he walks in, and he's like, you know, um, did you score or like or like did, you know, uh, did you or however he phrases it, and then just he's like trying to get him to calm down, and then you know she walks over around the corner, and and then the way that he's asking, he's like, hey, if you if you ever did decide, <laughs> you know, let me know yeah. about any <laughs> about any whatever. Yeah, there's a there's a really funny moment where Tom goes on a date with that one girl. And he just kind of says like, oh, I'm not really, I don't know if I, this is going to work. And then they end up going to like some diner together and they're like having drinks. And he uh-huh. starts talking about summer and he like, and then he goes like, she took a dump on my chest. Literally. It's like, literally? It's like, no, not literally. <laughs> What's the matter with you? 
that that oh. moment every time gets me rolling. Yeah. That movie pained that that moment pained me because I'm like, gosh, I've been him in that moment, and nobody wants yeah, to be right? him in that moment. Like, like that's like that's why it, I said like I really like the message of this movie, like just because it, it it this movie is showing like how clouded a lot of our like first love experiences are, and as somebody who has seen this movie now as a happily married person, you know, looking back on relationships before that and just seeing, starting to like, as somebody who has already processed, you know, how most of those wouldn't have worked out super great or, or is not as good as my current situation, you know, and how stupid we were for 500 days is such a short time. And they're not even together 500 days. She's married at the, at the 500 (laughs) days. Like they were only together for like 80 days. Like (laughs) that's, Look, I, coming from a Bible college graduate where we all get married after 80 days, like, huh? this is ridiculous. <laughs> it, uh, it made me actually do the math. The, um, uh, so I've, I've been married for, we're going on about 10 years now. Ooh. And I only Oops. dated one person before my wife. And it made me do the math. I didn't think like, I had Siri to do that for me. So I just like, hey, how many days are between this and this? And I was like at about a thousand days or so. And that was mostly good relationships. So yeah, it, it definitely like kind of put perspective of like 500 days, like that's a year and a half or so. And like you said, Roughly, like, yeah, give or take. This is like, I feel like it's just like such strong emotions. And, and like you said, like they weren't even really together because they have that, yeah. they, they have that fight after the, the, the bar fight. Of yep. like where she just finally kind of comes around and is like, yeah, okay, I guess we're a couple. And so it, it was, it was, that's kind of what made me kind of start to back away from how much I love this movie was just kind of put into perspective. If I, I feel like the, the time isn't there to be as invested in the relationship as, as he probably should have been if, if they were together longer, if that makes sense. I, man, I disagree with that because I think it's so intentional that they're only together for such a short amount of time. I think it's one of those that we're supposed to look from the outside and being like, he's way overthinking this, but we've all been there, right? Where the first hundred days of a relationship, we think that that person is the, the first four hours of a relationship. You're like, I'm going to marry that person. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I had, um, I went to a wedding recently and um, I, I was reminded of a time where uh, my friend was dating somebody for about a month and he sent us a message like, guys, this is the girl that I'm going to marry. And, uh, and like, he was like looking at getting a ring already. And I was like, I sent a, I sent a message like, Hey, look, I'm not living near you guys anymore, but like, I don't, I don't know this person. Are you, are you jumping the gun a little bit? And then of course I, I went around and, you know, got married within 13 months of meeting my, my wife and, you know, same exact thing. They're like, you hypocrite. I'm like, shut up. Love is love. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, but going back to this movie, like, I think even his sister says the same thing. It's like, you know, like he, cause yes. like, they're, they're sitting there playing Wii sports and they're like, you know, he's going like, Oh, like we like all the same music. She likes the Smiths. And, yep. and she goes, yep. well, just cause she likes all that same stuff. Doesn't mean she's your soulmate. Yep. So, I mean, I think, I think it says like right up front, like, okay, like just because you share these things doesn't mean you guys are going to end up together. Yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah, so like to, to your point, Scott, I think it's very intentional that they are supposed to only to be together for a, a short amount of time, and it makes us. It makes us. We are supposed to be Chloe Grace Moretz in this movie, where we're supposed to be like, "Hey, buddy, reality check." Mm-hmm. Like, and especially on a rewatch, we're definitely supposed to be that. And I think rewatching that really, really helped me. Man, I'm, I'm finding nothing but positive things to say about this movie. <laughs> Find a negative. All right. 
here's here's why I ultimately don't like this movie. Specifically, Summer, but also Tom are so unlikable in this movie. They are not people that I like. They are not people that I, and I said this a little earlier, they are not people that I root for. They are not people that I root for together or individually. They are unbearable. Now, they're they're cutesy together, and they have really good chemistry, and I really like them in certain scenes, you know, naturally. Like, like, I think the Ikea scene is a standout. But ultimately, like, I feel like, um, you know, Tom Tom's roommates or friend circle or whatever were like, dude either either ask her out or don't like crap or get off the pot dude and and, and there's that scene where he's like yo he asked she, i asked how her weekend was and she said it was great that means she was banging some guy all weekend like <laughs> it's like dude like i hate you so much right now but like this is this is 2007 2006 oh dang 2009 how old are we supposed to believe these two are mid to late 20s yeah i i took it as as late 20s I think I initially took it at early 30s, but like I think probably more accurate because we know that JGL is like a couple years removed from college because he has an architecture degree and he's been stuck at this greeting card job instead. So I think you guys are probably more right, like mid to late 20s. And it's one of those where it's like this. This is where I'm start- guys. I might end up really loving this movie. <laughs> Maybe let me watch it one more time and, and we'll see. But, well, here's the thing is. The reason I really don't like this movie is I think these characters are unbearable, but we're all unbearable in our mid twenties. And look, I just turned 28 last week. Like (laughs) I, I realized that I'm saying that and I'm saying like, I'm unbearable, but like, especially like if, if this movie is really supposed to be them being 25, 24, 25, like we're all unbearable, you know, but but in, in that age, you know, Uh, especially in terms of our relationships, you know, like, (laughs) I th- I think partially. Well, hold on. The the one dude. Yeah. Anyway, I I said I really like the message of this movie, but I don't like the characters at all. But the more I'm th- but the I think more we're talking a- about this movie, I think that's the point. <laughs> well, you know what? That is the point. So when I was when I first saw this movie in two thousand nine, I was like, I I saw the the point of view of Tom way more than I did Summer's view because I just you know I Me would too. see this movie. Summer is completely how- unbearable in every scene. She's so toxic yeah and so like when you see her and you're just like you know she's just like not really into tom she's you know saying like i don't want this i don't want this well like what you know and you see tom you're like well why not tom is great like he's such a cool guy but as you get older as you mature you start seeing the other side of it like the more i've watched over the years i'm like oh my god like i see summer side of it i see this side of it like yeah she told you right up front even that chick that tom goes on the date with says like she told you right up front didn't she she told you this didn't she so Yes. What else uh, did you need? Now, now, yes, absolutely. She told you right up front and Tom should have respected that, but she should have been able to tell the signs that clearly Tom thought more of this and she should have like tried to actively, um, you know, throw a blanket on that fire, you know? <laughs> so yeah. like it's, it's clear, it's painfully obvious all the time. And the only time she ever addresses it is in the, in the car where, um, yeah, where, where they're, they're driving, like driving, when they're driving and he's like, what are we? What are we doing? And she's like, we're going to a movie. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, but what are we doing? Like, what what are we? And she's like, I told you, I'm not really looking for anything. I don't really want to. So it's like, I, I totally agree. She's set up front. Therefore, fine. But like, he clearly doesn't see it that way. From the moment he says yes. And she, she yeah. knows better. So. He's just that this hopeless is, romantic. This is, this is on her just as much as it is on him. Of course. So, guys, I, um, I'm going to go ahead and like change my thing to officially just in liked it. I uh officially in liked it. I I gave this movie initially a 4 
Um, I think after bumping it up, after thinking about it, after a while, after first watching it, and I decided I feel like four out of five is just right for me. Because again, even though I don't really like this movie, I really like watching it. I think give me five years and this movie might be, I might be in the love it camp. Give me two or three yeah, more think, watches of this and I, I might be there. Yeah, I think if, if you've watched it, I mean, again, I've had a lot more time to watch this movie. Like if you've watched it as much as I have, you'd probably bring it up to like a four and a half. Yeah. I think, I that's think, what I I have think I'll get there one day. I, th- yeah. I, think I think Headspace also plays a role in it. Like I said, I watched it a couple of years ago, put it firmly loved five, five out of five. And then rewatching it this time, I I didn't like it as much. I still really enjoyed it. Still really, I I would say I still loved it. But I can see, I can kind of see the cracks forming. Sure. Yeah. I think I just think the more I'm talking about it, the more all the things I don't like. I think Mark Webb puts in there intentionally, except for the bad editing. I don't think I'll ever get over that. The movie makes structurally no sense. I'm actually gonna so. make it a, um, a a priority now to do like a like a. Um a fan edit of this movie and see what happens. I'll be thrilled to watch it whenever it comes out or whenever you, you, whenever you get it together. I want, I want to see that fan edit. Yeah. I'll keep you updated. I feel like I've dominated most of the conversation and I don't want that to be the case, but I feel like, you know, you guys have gotten points to jump in. Do you have any, any other things to say about this movie? No, I mean, I, I'm going to forever love this movie. So, I mean, and I know it's flawed as, you know, flawed like crazy. So I think, uh, I think you're, opinion is completely valid but there's no one in the world that can change my mind about this movie okay scott anything else one last thing just a couple of things i want to highlight we the towards the end where they do the side by side the reality and the uh expectation scene i think was really yeah i think that everybody can relate aside from the dance number yeah yeah. i think everybody can relate to that of like this is how it's gonna go and like it doesn't go that way. And just like that feeling, that slow feeling of like sadness and depression of like this, I envision this going so much better. Um, I yeah. think that was really well done. And well, that, even all the like little things, like there's so many little things. It's, it's not a bunch of big things that change. It's just, it's like the way she greets him is like, is a hug instead of a peck on the cheek. And e- even a hug is an endearing thing, you know? Yeah. And, and the way she comments about the gift, like it's, it's the smallest dude, man. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah the the gift thing is like I love that so much of like because again that's one of those universal things. It's like oh we're gonna we're gonna get them this gift and they're gonna react this way and then that's that's gonna that's gonna be the thing I do to prove that how much it's like we belong together and it was it was just really well done. I also liked I don't want to get too much into it because this is a much longer conversation. Just the the what she's talking about the chance encounter she had of meeting her husband of just like I could have gone anywhere yeah. like. The conversation I literally had last week of just uh, talking with my best friend about how we ended up becoming friends. Just like, I can't believe the odds of where we're at right now in, in our lives. Like, it just so happened because of this one thing that happened in, in my life that brought me to meeting you. And it like, it's it's a really good concept to think about. Of Yeah. Well, and I think it's, I, I think it showed how much she's matured because at the beginning of the movie, she's talking about how... She doesn't believe in love and he's like, you just got to feel it. And he thinks he can be the one to make her feel it, but he's not. It's the next person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her li- her line really, about, really liked that scene. Yeah. Her line about, I wasn't unsure like I was with you. Yeah. Uh, was It was just like really hurtful, but in the right way of like, yeah, that's just how it is after breakup. It's, and you it's, see, it's a gut punch, but it's a gut yeah. punch that you like. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's it, not even it's it's not even like it's not even like you you did this it's just 
it just wasn't quite perfect. It was like it was like when you have the last piece of a puzzle and it doesn't quite fit in. So realistically, you have another piece somewhere else and you got to swap like, you know, it, it was just really relatable to me because I, I feel like, again, at my last relationship before my wife ended 14 years ago or so. But like I like that's still part of me that still kind of reminisces about that that re- relationship about like I can look back on it and be like, yeah, like kind of like the way he did of like I like it was just like at the breakup, like why is she going out with all these with this other guy? Like, why wasn't it me? Like, what's wrong? And just like, oh, I, I see it now. Like, it just it just wasn't like there's not a there's not like one single moment. It's just like it just wasn't meant to be. And so mm-hmm. it just, I just, I think that's why I really love this movie is how relatable it was for me. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. And I, I also want to say I completely related to the characters, at least the best I could while also still be going like, he's a shithead. <laughs> like, you know, like I, I was a shithead, I am, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, <sighs> all right, let's move on to a very similar movie. Three ninjas. <laughs> Practically a remake. Practically, <laughs> five hundred days of summer remake of Three Ninjas. <laughs> yep. No, again, spoiler warning: <laughs> Three Ninjas is a nineteen ninety two movie. Each year, three brothers visit their grandfather for the summer. He is highly skilled in ninjutsu, and for years, he has trained the boys in his techniques. That's the synop- That's it. <laughs> not now they have to protect their family. Anyway, not their dad's an FBI agent, and they have to you know do a federal case. All right, history with this movie. I grew up on the Three Ninjas franchise. I um, love. I, I watched all, all four movies a lot, and then I recently watched them again in uh, li- like literally right as COVID started because I was um, I was in the hospital recovering from surgery when lockdowns happened, mm. and um, yep. because because like COVID was ramping up, they were trying not to give anybody their individual their own um, like a shared room. So they gave me my own room, and the only way to do that was to um, put me in the children's hospital wing. And it's, this is University of Iowa, so this is like, have you ever seen a University of Iowa game? Like, it's a nice facility that overlooks the football field, and, uh, you know, so, like, really nice facilities, and uh, I had my own room to myself. It was great, but it kind of just made me, like, I'm a kid, you know? Kind of made me just feel that way, and I just, it, I hit the nostalgia train one day, and um, I watched three ninjas in a hospital bed, um, recovering from surgery, and then I watched the next three at home. And that was the first time I'd seen him in a while. And I haven't seen any of the, any of the three movie four movies since then, except for yesterday when I watched this original. So that's my history with the movie, uh, beloved nostalgia franchise for me, Scott, you picked this. So you're going to go last Jeff. What is your history with this franchise? I have no history with this movie. I, my oh, cousin, no. two, two my of heart. my, two of my cousins, two of my cousins really loved this movie when we were kids, but they, and they wanted me to watch it, but I never did. And so I never, I never watched it. I knew what it was, but I never knew anything else about it. And so, no, I have no history. Shame. Well, I sorry. feel sorry for your childhood. Scott, um, You, we we talked about this a while ago for because uh, you wanted to be, we, we had talked about we are going to do it. Yeah. And even though it wasn't on the watch list, I did make an exception uh, because I had promised you to do yeah. this. So um, why, why were you dying to watch Three Ninjas? Because... Yeah, first of all, for the the history of just us doing this on this episode, I believe the last two were like nostalgia picks, and I threw out three ninjas both times and were shot down, uh, just because it didn't fit the other person or whatever. So when I threw it out last time, I was shot down again. Yeah, you you did very graciously say we're doing three ninjas next time you're on. So uh, thank you <laughs> for uh, kind of going against 
the what you've been doing. Uh, as far as my history, yeah, much in the same vein of um, I grew up on the uh, the original three movies. I rented them so much from whatever video stores around. I have no idea why my parents just didn't buy them. We probably would have saved so much more money if we just bought them. But yeah, I like when I when I think childhood movie. Three Ninjas is firmly up there as the first thing I think. Solid. Jeff, because you've not seen this, I actually want you to go last. That's fine. Scott, Three Ninjas, do you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? What What's below love it? Like it. Like it, yeah. I, I'd put me firmly in the I like it. When I watched this movie in the children's hospital, I really didn't like it. I thought this one did not <laughs> age well. And I thought it was by far the weakest of the four movies. Which, ask anybody that's seen any of these movies, and they will tell you that it's High Noon and Mega Mountain. But that's is. the one that I have the most <laughs> nostalgia for. And so, I actually really like that one. Oh, it's terrible, but it's fun. I think Jim Varney makes that movie. And Hulk Hogan, oh that's man. That, that, I really like that movie. It, it, it's not good, but it's it's the sweet spot for me. Watching it now, I'm going to go separating quality from enjoyment. It's just okay. That's where I'm going to go. So, yeah. It's just okay. Maybe high side just dope. Jeff, our three ninjas virgin, how was your experience with this first film? Did you like it, love it, hate it, dislike it, or think it's just okay? I did not like it. Okay. That's fine. That's that's totally <laughs> I, fair. That's I'm absolutely fair. I, I, I think <laughs> if I would have had the same kind of nostalgia that you guys had, like if I would have watched it when I was a kid and I kind of enjoyed it when I was a kid and I watched it again now, I probably would have been in like the same camp as you, Aaron. I would have probably been like, yeah, it's just okay. But watching it for the very first time as an adult, I did not like it. Yeah, I as an yeah, I can't imagine actually yeah. recommending this to an adult. Be like, check out this movie from the nineties. Like, <laughs> this is all right. Here's the deal. I still believe that this Three Ninjas is is the worst of the four. And look, if you, if you want to make the argument that it's High Noon at Mega Mountain, fine. But Kick Back and Knuckle Up are actually re- have held up really well for me. I think they're genuinely was- good movies. And super fun. Yeah, I will say though, the, the when my cousins those those two were their favorites. They they didn't yeah. ever mention this one, but they liked those ones a lot. Yeah, there's one of them that takes place like they're helping out an Indian reservation. Uh, I think that's Knuckle Up, and that one's pretty good. And then there's one where they go to Japan and they like have adventures in Japan. I think that that one's Kick Back. That one's that one's the best. So like Jeff, even though you didn't really like this one, like. I think you might like the the, the sequel. You know, <laughs> we'll see, and, and and it depends why we haven't had this conversation yet on why you didn't really like this movie. So, in terms of quality of this movie, this is a hard like didn't like it. Uh, but in terms of like enjoyment, I think there's here's here's why I was so like teetering in this, and that's this movie takes itself way too seriously. Like this movie takes itself so 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 seriously, and it just loses on the fun. Like. I'm I'm trying to think like I the only time I really had a good time with this movie was when the the three Bill and Ted's invaded the house. I think like I think the, that may have been my favorite part. Like, yeah, like they, just those right, three so guys. So you should like, really like, check they, out. Like, the they were funny. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so I gotta ask Jeff. So when that happened, did you think you had to have been close to the end of the movie? <laughs> <laughs> well no i i was like waiting for like because I, I figured like th- like them invading the house would be like more in the beginning of the movie and so i'm like we're like an hour in and this is happening so i don't know it just it felt I weirdly just, paced yeah it, yeah it is it's it's so horribly paced and it's like there's so much build up 
to this goofy, you know, Home Alone sequence, right? And then, and then there's a super serious action sequence to end it all. And it's like, and they try to throw in like a legitimate, like, I mean, kids movie detective story. Like it, every time it has to do with like the FBI or the dad or specifically Snyder. Snyder doesn't know what movie he's in. Like he thinks he's in a late 80s, early 90s, like, you know, action movie that probably your kids action movie too. But like, he's way too serious for this movie. Yeah, but I feel like the script is way too serious for this movie. So that's why I feel like the tone is significantly pulled back in in specifically the next two. But they're still like enjoyable enough, and there's still like enough of like it's not like oh god, this is so 1993 or whatever. You know, like it's it's not like cringe watch. Like I feel like this one has a lot of cringe watch to it. And then the fourth one, they just they're just like, hey, what if we did that? And sure, because that one is just like the three ninjas are at a amusement park that gets taken over by house it's it's stupid but i like it (laughs) definitely back scott anyway so like yeah look if you're if you're looking for like a silly a a fun time you know if you would be in the mood to watch the sequels jeff i think you might i think you should give them a shot the middle two maybe the middle middle maybe one of these days i'll get my cousins together i'll be like are you guys gonna you guys gonna help me through these movies please actually please uh, i can i come <laughs> I, <laughs> I i will say i did have the benefit of watching it with my eight-year-old so sure. he had he had a good time with it so i think have you seen it before no 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 that, that was also one of the reasons i've wanted to watch it is having a good excuse to to put it on um and what did he think? Like it, love it, hate it, dislike it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure he he really liked it. He wanted because he saw me searching for it on on my Roku to see like where I could find him. Yeah. So he saw he saw me search all four of them, and so he wants to watch the other ones. Nice. But those also cost money, and I don't know if I can justify. Even though it's like three bucks, I don't know if I can justify. The... Look, look, the middle two, you can absolutely. Okay. Uh, may, I, I, maybe I will. Um, he he did he did come up with a couple of gems he oh where's those notes from the year old uh so his, from his commentary is that uh he noticed that the kids are are better than the fbi uh at taking yep. down the ninjas yep. and uh he he liked the sound effects is he thought that those were funny um and uh-huh. I, I think that's what made it a different movie than like snyder is because when i was uh doing some background research for this uh, searching wikipedia and imdb on any notes about the filmmaking that this was supposed to be, I think, a little bit of a darker movie, but to get the PG rating, they had to put in the sound effects. That's oh my gosh, that's amazing. That explains so much. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah. When you said like it, they're in a different movie, I I think that's why. Could be. Yeah. Um, this movie, this the music is kind of also just iconic for me at this point. You know, like like it's it's so fun for me. Uh, Jeff, I, Jeff is not having fun. With me. <laughs> I can't imagine. I, I just I, 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 well, I, again, I just don't have the same nostalgia that you guys do for this movie. So I, 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 I you talk about those, you know, the, all, you know, the '90s music and whatever. I'm just like, eh, I don't really feel the same way. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I, I started listing down like some things in my notes that it was just like, this is stupid. If that's stupid, this doesn't make any sense. Like at one point, oh, like all my notes are made... that, this is this is ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. The biggest note I wrote down was like, all right, so they make such a big deal about the house number at the gas station. It was like, you remember six, you remember two, and you remember three. And the next shot is the house, and it's clearly 580. Like, <laughs> none of the three numbers are the same. 
<laughs> and it's like, look, what do you expect from this, you know, kids movie? I I never noticed it before. It literally doesn't matter. Like, so why am I trying to cinema into the movie? You know, why am I trying? Like, I'm just trying to have a decent time. I'm just trying to to enjoy myself. And yes, I, I'm feeding off nostalgia for sure. But but I I could never never really believe. Like this movie takes itself. This movie thinks that it's Die Hard for kids. If oh die absolutely hard, Ninja di- Ninja Die Hard for kids and <laughs> Ninja Die Hard. Look, kids. I'm yeah. I'm so ready for Ninja Die Hard for kids, but that that's not this movie. <laughs> this movie is like Ninja. What's a really bad that era film? Three ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie is is Ninja Three Ninjas for kids. You know? <laughs> like Under yeah, Siege. Like, <laughs> hey, oh, I really like Under Siege. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this movie is 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 is. Is Ninja Speed Two Cruise Control for kids, <laughs> not having nothing to do with a cruise, mm. but a boat in the finale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just felt like I was. I really, really, really loved the the home invasion scene where the kids take out the three. And look, it's because it works because like the kids are having fun, and the the three Bill and Ted's are just. You could tell like they were just. They knew what they, their role was, yeah. and they they collected the most fun paycheck they ever have. Yeah, and the in the entire movie surrounding that small sequence was cringy and abhorrent and laughable and so uninvested in it. Um, so yeah, so like the only reason I'm landing in just okay is because I really like that sequence. So I'm <laughs> so like if you look if you have nostalgia for this movie, if you're like I loved the Three Ninjas growing up, here's what I'm gonna say: turn the movie on. And skip to the Bill and Ted guys. Anytime they're on the screen, watch it. Anytime they're not, skip. And you will have a great time. You will be firmly in the Loved It camp. Best movie you've ever seen. Move over Shawshank Redemption. We're talking middle <laughs> third of Three Ninjas. If you watch any more, it will be just a. It won't be good. It won't be fun. So yeah. So Jeff, I I want to ask you about the basketball scene. Like, do you, do you have any notes or th- do you remember your thought process during the basketball <laughs> I scene? I like the basketball scenes too. <laughs> It's kind of a weird, out of place scene for me, honestly. <laughs> I mean, that, that's pretty Isn't much that every scene. Exactly what I put in my notes. I said, well, "Yep, when I watch a movie about ninjas, it has nothing. It has nothing to do with martial arts. It's just they. It was just like they needed a basketball scene because it was the '90s, I guess." It, dude, they say the start off. We're playing to ten, and you already start off with nine, and I'm like. In no way is this over in twenty I'm like, seconds. You know, I was like, "There's no way that like anyone would." There's no win way doing these that. two white kids are that good at basketball. You know, like <laughs> I, I was. Another thing too like, is like, I don't know where this movie's supposed to take place, but one of them was wearing was wearing a Bulls jacket, but then they had a Lakers poster. It's like what? Like, pick- <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Right, you could be just a general NBA fan, but like, mm-hmm. you know. Realistically, well, like if kids, he's got a Bulls jacket, like, he's gonna have a Bulls poster. <laughs> one of these kids were like a foot shorter than the other bully kids too. So I'm right. like, that in my experience, that doesn't go well. <laughs> the, the I mean, there was the the part where the the bully. I, th- I think it was he's laughing at Colt's name, and he goes, "Hey, horsey, how about some hay?" And like he tells his posse to laugh. <laughs> like I, that really got me. <laughs> is i i don't like that felt weird and it just like yeah it felt like i don't know where they're going with that joke but or what they were trying to say and in mm-hmm. your version of the basketball scene d- did you watch the version where they won or lost that game 
I There's two versions? Lost. Yeah, so I looked it up on Wikipedia after I watched the movie and it said that they won the girl's bike back. And I was like, no, they didn't. They lost their own bikes. <laughs> the version I saw was where they're kicking their butts and then it gets eight to nine and then they start playing street rules and they lose. And then there's that line yeah. later, like, oh, get your bike back. It's like, she doesn't care about her bike. She just wants you to kiss her. Like, <laughs> Okay, so, cause, yeah. all right, so I made a note in that scene. I was like, oh my gosh, they lost the game. Like, I, like, like, I thought this broke my childhood because I was like, I always remember them winning. And yeah, they're the American version that we probably grew up with, Aaron, is that they always won that game. And then in the international version, they lost the game. So whatever is on oh. this, these streaming services is the international version. Because <laughs> I was so confused when they okay. lost. Like, because I have such a distance. Because I went back and watched the, I found the YouTube clip of them winning. Like, that's it. That's what's in my head from way back when because then at the end of the movie when they like i think it's colt fights that the the kid again does he and they get the bikes back is that was that in your version too yeah yeah but that's not even 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 back uh, in the day no 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 not back in the day no that that scene was cut oh okay I, I, i think the movie ends with with the grandpa saying i hate pizza and then they go to that whatever song that was weird nice oh, okay. that feels like a more natural ending <laughs> yeah um the stinger before stinger was a thing <laughs> yeah like i think this is easily the weakest of the four it, it it's got a fun sequence in it but like eight one fun sequence doesn't make this movie worth it's a two-hour movie and i really liked about 20 minutes of it like 20 minutes of it was great and the other and the other was just like what are you doing you know like i i thought mm-hmm. it was really funny you know the way that they were dealing with the i mean the Except the kids like straight up almost kill these guys. Like when 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 uh when the main guy gets like hung from the staircase, I'm like, these kids are gonna get charged with murder. Like <laughs> they're definitely gonna not gonna be able to fight karate after fight teach ninjutsu after ninjutsu after that. Wait till the mom finds out that they almost murdered that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh and th- and then I thought like again, those guys were really funny. You know, they put the laxatives in the thing and they're like waiting for them as they come out. He's like, please, not, not the face. No, not the stomach. He punches the face. Like, Thanks. Like, it's just. <laughs> they knew the assignment. They knew what movie they were in. And I loved every second they were on the screen. You know, like, even even when we're introduced to them and they're like, dude, check out the. And then they, and then the guy's like, you got to pay. You're going to leave. He's like, grab some chips and some salsa, but not the green stuff. And you go over there and get us some Mountain Dew or whatever. And you. <laughs> open the register like <laughs> that's right this is rob we're robbing you <laughs> uh, and then and then, and then he's like shooting he's like oh can i please use your phone sir like just they knew what movie we're in and i love them and everything to do with slater and the glasses pencil pushing dude they can go away that's a, we'll like if it was those part. if it was those three that were ninjas i would love the hell out of that movie <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, well, that's maybe that's a different movie called Surf Ninjas, and that's for another episode. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if like if I want them to be ninjas. I just want them to be able to use their you know adult sized bodies to to take out these kids, (laughs) you know, that are throwing karate punches that can't hurt that much. No, there's no way. There's no way. How I think Tum Tum said he was seven or eight. He mentioned at some point in time. There's no way. Yeah, I'm like, there's no way an eight year old has the the power. I don't care how trained you are. There, there's yeah. just the physics don't work that way. But mm-hmm. sure, movie. 
there's a there's a there's a really great movie in here where it starts with the guys robbing the gas station and ends with the with them rescuing the babysitter from the closet. <laughs> Cut to black. Done. Yeah, th- this amazing. Hit, this hit all the nostalgia buttons for me. Yeah, one hundred percent. The nostalgia button is carrying this for me. But like I said, I think if if I if you have nostalgia for this franchise, you should watch the you should watch parts of the first movie. Maybe even just YouTube some clips. But I really think those middle ones are worth watching um, as somebody who has seen them recently. And even if you have never seen them, if you're looking for like a decent mindless watch that is clearly made for kids that I think you could have some fun to like, I think you should check it out. I, I think that's oh, also, yeah, I mean, like, good, Jeff. Yeah. Th- yeah. I was just saying like, it's definitely a good watch. Like if you have like kids and they just want to like watch a f- silly movie with karate in it, like. Yeah, I mean, again, I still don't know if you have kids. I'm not sure that I would recommend them watching this. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a parent, right? So, like, Scott, I'm not judging you at all. But, like, they definitely almost kill them multiple times over. Like, it's not because there's fighting. It's because, like, there's definitely some moments where it's like, I don't know that I want my kid to hang me, you know, from the stairwell with with neckties, you know? I'm even just thinking about, like, the other fighting scenes in the movie because they don't get that extreme yeah. Ever. Like like that for like that first um scene where Snyder's men show up at the grandfather's house, like eh, they're just kicking the crap out of those guys and smashing flower pots in their heads and stuff. I'm like, it's not that bad. It's yeah, it's yeah, harmless. yeah. It's mostly harmless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, as, the, the again, t- comparatively tonally to the next ones, this is this should this sh- this should easily be a PG thirteen tonally mm-hmm. compared to the other ones. As as far as kids movies goes, I I think that this is a decent kids movies to watch with kids as an adult where it's not like so kid friendly that it's it's unenjoyable because it's just like over the top just like cheese fest like there's definitely some of that in there but i think that there's enough entertaining value in there that watching it with kids i i think is is worth a watch I, I can't recommend an adult watching it just for just for fun. I definitely think that this is a watch with kids, either your own or nieces or nephews or something. Yeah, I, I'll second that. Not not for the first one. If you have niece, nephew, kids, sure, yeah, maybe. But like, I think you could find enough fun out of those middle two. That if you are an adult without kids like me, you want to have a fun time. You don't want to think too hard. Do it. Um, you guys ready to fantasy cast a Three Ninjas sequel? Absolutely. Nice. So the way we have this sorted out is we will cast a Rocky Colt, a Tum Tum, some sort of family member, because the idea is we are casting a Three Ninjas movie with Rocky Colt and Tum Tum being older, I think is, is at least what I meant the prompt to be. I don't know if you guys actually did or if you still made them just slightly older kids. I'm thinking like mid 30s, mid to late 30s. Uh, so that also involves some sort of family member, you know, whether that's a grandpa or somebody else, uh, a villain, a villain henchman, a writer and a director. I want to hear who your Rocky Colton Tum Tums are all together now. Gosh, Jeff, I'm really curious to see who you came up with. So I went a little, I, I went like to the, like the early thirties, not so much the mid and late thirties. Um, I wanted to keep them a little on the younger side. So do you want to just start with my, my Rocky? Um, I would like for you, I, I think it, this is going to work better if we just hear all three of them. So yeah, do Rocky and then do okay. Colton, then do Tum Tum and then, and then sure. save the, and then we'll all give ours and then we'll continue down the list. Okay. So for my Rocky, I have a uh, Brenton Thwaites. He plays Dick Grayson and Nightwing in HBO Max Titans. Okay. I, I was trying to go with like actors that kind of had like a little bit of like a fighting background to them. My other, my other two aren't. They, I don't know if they really have a lot of um, 
fighting background, but I was like, they, they, they could work for like, I had made up like a whole like plot for like a sequel too. So I'm like in these roles, I think they would work. So Brennan Thwaites is my Rocky for cult. I have Joe Keery. He plays Steve Harrington and uh, stranger things. I think he would be a really good, like for what I have him down for in this like sequel, he's kind of more like the, um, like the serious one. He play, he like still continues to do like the, um, the martial arts and everything. Whereas Rocky's kind of like given it up and he's kind of moved on from it. He started family, grew up and didn't want to do it anymore. And for Tum Tum, I have Logan Lerman from Perks of Being a Wallflower and Hunters. Hmm. Okay. I was like, he's, he's on the, he look, he, yeah. he can pull off young. And so I was like, I think he could probably like do a pretty good job as like being like, like an older Tum Tum who's kind of like still uses his skills, but uses them more for like pickpocketing and just trying to be like really quick. And um, he's been in, in and out of like, you know, jail a couple times because of his, you know, his antics and stuff like that. And he's just very carefree. Okay. So sure. Yeah. I think those are, those are my three solid Scott. Do you want to go next or do you want to hear mine? No, I'll go for my Rocky. Um, I thought somebody tall lanky. So I want Zachary Levi. Yeah. Oh. For, Especially now that he's beefed up. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> for, uh, for my cult, I want, I, I felt like somebody shorter. Um, so I went with Chris Pine. Okay. Um, and then oh, for Tum Tum, I want Josh Gad. I love this so much. That's so good. Uh, I, I'm imagining Tum Tum in this version being like a professional wrestler, but like wowing people because he's, he's a bigger guy, wowing people with like with karate type moves in the ring. All right, guys, are you ready for this? I think I've got it. Oh, man, let's hear it. For Rocky, I went with Luke Hemsworth. I want him to channel oh. his innermost like Westworld, like super serious super strict he is going to be the joke because he's just super serious like i want him to think he's in you know westworld style serious and Mm -hmm. you know he clearly belongs in a different movie and like that's the point that's the joke so yeah i you obviously dude's ripped dude's shredded dude's an awesome actor actually he just came out with a with a movie that like a couple weeks ago that like somebody was like who would have thought that luke was like you know great you know (laughs) Anyway, I went Luke Luke Hemsworth. For Colt, I went with Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> nice. And for Tom Tom, I went with Chris Hemsworth. Uh-huh. And <laughs> again, again, the joke being that he used to be a fat kid and now he's this skinny kid, <laughs> but he also really loves sweet. I'm really wanting him to channel like that 2016 Ghostbusters movie that I kind of like, except like to not just be a complete buffoon, but like, you know, the joke would be like, oh, we're not used to seeing him that way. Like I, I want the joke to be like, we, you know, 30 years ago, we called you Tum Tum because you had food in your mouth all the time and you were a little fat kid. And he's like, and he could just be like, look at me now. I'm not like fat anymore. Like, stop calling me Tum Tum or whatever. You know, call me whatever his actual name is. I don't even remember. I, I, I thought it would be a really fun, you know, and I get the Hemsworths all together. You know, I feel like Liam just kind of fits in that cult energy, you know, a little bit more wild card. He's certainly not a Rocky or a Tum Tum, you know, so he, he'll be cult, you know, uh, and, uh, I'm just, I'm so happy about that. Chris Hemsworth is Tum Tum. Like that just, because like you think about this and naturally you'd go, oh yeah, Chris Hemsworth is the leader, right? It's like, no, no, we're going to put him in a supporting role. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Um, All right. So who, who is the uh, family member that you're going to have involved in this story? And uh, so what, what is their relation? And um, who did you pick? Uh, Same order, Jeff. So I have uh, in the, in the plot that I had written up, I have, um, they all get together. They're all getting together for the grandfather's funeral. Very sad. Mm. 
And so at the funeral, they meet their grandfather's long lost nephew, Amato, played by Kihu Kwan. I love it. This is, I love it. This is so good. I, again, I, I was trying, mine I was trying is to nowhere go near that good. I wanted so I wanted to go with someone who's got some martial arts background, who could just who is just a really awesome actor anyway, and who could just bring a really fun energy to the dynamic. And I went with him. Yeah. Well, I also cast. I also just I also just love that you're like like I love the setup too. Right, they're at the grandpa's funeral, and there they meet long you know, nephew that they had never met because he lives in another country, or even like want to call mm-hmm. him long lost or estranged or anything. And man, Kiwi Kwan, perfect tonal for this movie. Yeah. I also casted his son, played by Simu Liu from uh, Shang Chi. Huh? Just bringing I, in another family. Okay, so there. so both of them are coming in. Got it. Yeah, both of them are coming in. As like you know, okay. we they both meet at the are funeral, they... and then like li- later in the in the movie, they like find out like, oh yeah, your grandfather taught us as well, and we're gonna kick some ass with you guys. I like it. Uh, Scott, who is your some sort of family member? Uh, I went with uh, Colt's son, so Chris Pine's son, and I went with uh, Jacob Tremblay. Yeah, yeah, totally, 100%. For my some sort of family member, I went with maybe Rocky's daughter, because maybe this is why Rocky's a little bit more stoic and serious, but like, really, it doesn't matter. One of their daughters, McKenna Grace, and I want Ghostbusters Afterlife McKenna Grace. Oh, okay. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Like, I, like she's she's more she's most commonly known for things like, you know, gifted and, you know, where she's the most adorable little girl that has ever lived. Like, I kind of want that, like, kind of sassy, kind of analytical. Like, yeah, I want Ghostbusters Afterlife McKenna Grace. She's one of their daughters and she's going to have to save the day at one point. So somehow and we're going to just assume that she's not a ninja. But at some point, you know, she's going to be a badass and surpass because nat- why wouldn't they teach their kids, you know? But we're just not going to mention. Anyway, somehow. Anyway, she's going she's gonna to have the hero moment, for sure. Yeah. All right, so I put villain and villain henchman. So it seems like a lot of these movies, you know, they have, we have like, a, you know, in this one we had whatever his name was, Snyder. And we had um, like kind of the three dude bros, the three villain Teds. Um, in a lot of the, in a lot of these movies, there is a main villain and a henchman, you know, even even in a lot of these kids' movies, right? You have Hook and you have Shmi, you know? So I thought a villain and a villain henchman, somebody to be, you know, the master plan and somebody to be you know, the muscles or or whatever, How, however you want to do it. A, a, two villains, one is clearly the head. Let me hear both of them. Same order, Jeff. So for my main villain, I have Alexander Skarsgård. I think he's just like, especially like in like, if you have him beefed up like the Northman style, like he could just be like this just brute force against these guys and i think it would be really fun to just watch them all fight that's really good i just love the fact that now in in headcanon for this podcast there is a world where alexander skarsgård is in a three ninjas movie (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) uh and so then for his henchmen i have sophia batella from kingsman and star trek beyond fame Mm. yeah because I think she, yeah, sure, totally. especially in Kingsman, she just has just like this that badass energy. Even in Star Trek Beyond, she's really good at like the fight scenes that she has. I think she's just she's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. She's great in Atomic Blonde too. Yeah. Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that one. Yeah, that's right. All right, Scott, lay it on me. For the villain, uh, I've got Alicia Vikander. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Oh, I think so. Okay. okay. Yeah. The most recent Tomb Raider. Is she Emily grown up? Is that the twist? Oh no, <laughs> but that'd be good. Oh, dang it! <laughs> just, uh, just, I just you never to... got my bike back. <laughs> she really held on to that for a long time. And uh, 
in a in a campy sequel, I I think we could pull that off. <laughs> I'm 100 going for campy. Obviously, if you couldn't tell, I'm not taking <laughs> yeah. this serious. Like this is not going to be a serious movie in the slightest, and no. nor nor should a Three Ninjas movie be. <laughs> um, for the villain henchman, I went with uh, Sun Kang, who um played uh oh his his character name escapes me he's uh, from fast and furious uh, tokyo drift oh uh han han thank you yeah yeah han. yeah okay yes yeah. I, I got him as my uh my villain henchman nice I yeah like that. i'm done with that by the way apparently i've just completely whitewashed my whole cast so apologies that but but look here's the deal here's the deal even though i've kind of whitewashed my cast we completely missed the fact that in the movie this is the worst whitewashing i've ever seen because in the initial setup scene where they have a clearly white guy dressing up as a Saudi, like oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't think about that. I guess I guess not. Maybe like some sort of Arab, not necessarily Saudi, right? Arabian, but like where they have him wear like the it's it's not yeah. a turban, it's a head towel, like and and like a very obviously fake mustache, and like didn't even get like it would have been worse if they would have like gotten him a spray tan beforehand. But it's like this is clearly a white dude, like oof. Anyway, I'm gl- I'm glad I remembered to touch on that and say wow. So yeah, anyway, I, I, I've I've apparently just whitewashed this. Uh, part of it is I came to this not prepared at all, except for my Rocky Colton Tum Tum. My villain's gonna be Paul Rudd. Like he he fits <laughs> he fits exactly what I'm looking for. You know, like uh-huh. in terms of like style and timing and and comedy and all that. Like I would I would love to see Paul Rudd be a villain. I, right, and he hasn't been a villain yet. At least yeah, he really hasn't. The the closest thing I can think of was he was the antagonist in Parks and Rec. He was true, he was but a like antagonist, I don't but, even see him as an antagonist. I don't even see him as the antagonist exactly. No, he's because like he's there. not antagonizing. <laughs> he's just is. like a he's just like a like a chill dude who's just like you want to play you want to bowl. I have this bowling alley right behind right. me. Like he's just really cool. Yeah, Leslie won. Great, good for you. I voted <laughs> <Yeah>. for you. <laughs> You didn't vote for yourself. You could do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then um, look, look, if if we're already dipping in the nostalgia pool, I want to dip in the nostalgia pool again. So Paul Rudd's henchman is going to be his son in the movie played. Oh, and I also thought maybe this is a fun thing where um, Paul Rudd is 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 one of the basketball kids all grown up. Um, <laughs> like the one that wears like all black and the in the black snapback. Anyway. But his son will be played by Daryl Sabara, who, oddly enough, was also mentioned on, like, last week or two weeks ago podcast. Uh, Junie Cortez from Spy Kids. Oh, wow. I just I just feel like if we're already bringing in one nostalgia, I, and I was legitimately thinking after I casted Daryl Sabara, I was like, could I could I also just do Antonio Banderas as the villain or like, you know, or like just bring like a bunch of these nostalgia, like people that lived in the 90s like this. You know, I could I could I could completely assemble like. That's Junie Cortez from Spy Kids, and that's you know, um, you know, I, I feel like you could completely make a fantasy cast that pulls from from a bunch of these nostalgic franchises. Um, so Paul Rudd and Daryl Sabara, that's my villain and henchman. Um, they are a father son like combo, and uh, he's still salty about that basketball game. That's there's motivation, I guess. All right, now the most crucial part: who is writing it and or directing your film? Um, give me both if they're together or separate. Same order. Jeff, let's go with you. So for my writer, I actually have uh, a writing team. I have uh, John Hurwitz, Josh Heald, and Hayden Schlossberg, who all created Cobra Kai. Because I want my yeah. sequel to have I want my sequel to have a very like 
little bit of funny and a little bit more awesome like action scenes in it like and i also would have brought in like a um like the choreography of cobra kai to come in and do this too i think it would add a really fun uh flair to my movie and if i'm having Donnie director, and choreograph mine <laughs> I just like I was thinking I was in the mindset of Cobra Kai and so I was like you know what just as a fun thing I'll just throw in co- choreography the whoever does Cobra Kai I don't know who I don't know their names so for yeah. my director I would want to bring in Destin Daniel Cretton who also did yeah. um, Shang Chi uh huh I I love the action in Shang Chi and I was I, I would uh-huh. like to want I think he would take a lot of those that style and bring it into uh, this movie as well sure I'm here for that I really like that movie all right. It's not quite as silly as I want it, but you know what? I think, I'm cool I with think, that. Yeah, like it's. I, I I don't think I would make it like as like goofy as the Three Ninjas movie, but I would bring I would make it like bring it into like a just a little bit more humorous, a little bit more like witty. My tone will make so much sense when I announce my um, writer and my director. And, and and then one more fun fact about this movie: everything will just, like look. Everything is already together, but like it will all be right there, and you'll be like best picture nominee let's go scott who is in charge of your movie so my writer is james vanderbilt he uh he wrote uh, most recently the last two scream movies so scream 2022 and then scream six he did murder okay. he did both murder mysteries he was actually the writer on the amazing spider-mans oh nice, nice. I'm, i like those movies and for the director, I I want who can do campy kids. So I want Joe Dante. Yeah. Uh, so he did. Uh, Joe Dante did small small soldiers, uh, gremlins. So just somebody who can just do fun. Yeah. Off the wall campy movies. That's a great pull with that small soldiers. Yeah. All right. I wanted somebody that I really want to see return. Like with I really want to see return, but also inspired. Um, by kids movies and um i want robert rodriguez to make my <laughs> like i said i said return with passion because like i'm pretty sure he did that uh spy kids like four and like the shark boy and Lava, and like nobody liked either of those but it's like did he really want to do those like because his episode of season two of the mandalorian was awesome right yeah but I, I really want him to channel like the first spy kids movie energy so bad and also i want it to be r-rated because we're we're going off nostalgia here but like Everybody that's nostalgia for this movie is already, you know, at least 17. So, like, I want mm-hmm. I want a really adult, I want, like, a bloody gore fest, over-the-top, silly, ludicrous, wildly rambunctious, and nobody does all of that better than Robert Rodriguez. So, <laughs> I want, if Planet Terror was a thing. <laughs> no, not actually. I, I, yeah, I do want Robert Rodriguez to make this movie. Uh, and also, like, if they just if the studio's like, we're gonna green light it, but not your R rating, make it fun for kids and adults. Robert Rodriguez mm-hmm. can still pull that off. So, but the stu- but this is a fantasy ca- fantasy cast, so the studio doesn't have any say. I am the studio in this term, so yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say Robert. I would I think I think this would be a really fun R rating, especially because most of our box office is gonna come from adults that are like, I forgot about that franchise, and uh, and I think you have the Hemsworth brothers all together. I think they would like to take that paycheck, you know. Anyway, there's our movies. There was a fun uh, thing we did last time. We did uh, the, the fantasy cast for Tombstone. And I, I said, pick and choose who you like from our three and assemble your dream uh, casting based off of all the options that we listed. I would love to see everything about mine, but also add in that Kiwe Kwan and Simu Liu story. I think that'd be so good. 
I think I think I'm just gonna combine that part of your movie with mine. <laughs> I'm stealing That's it. That's fine. So. Oh, and I'm also gonna steal um the uh um shoot, you had somebody I wanted to, Scott. Dang it, I can't remember. I'm gonna steal the person I really liked from you. <laughs> anyway. Was it Paul Rudd as the villain? <laughs> that was I bad. had Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh you had oh I'm sorry, you had Paul Rudd. I think I feel like it was before, but Maybe maybe Joe Dante will help Robert Robert Rodriguez. I had, uh, I had anyway Alicia Vikander and, and Sung King or were the other two not them. I will steal Alicia Vikander and make her Emily, and she can be oh, sure. yeah. she could be married <laughs> to Paul Rudd, who is the basketball bully. <laughs> they they worked oh, things out, gross. and they agreed that Rocky <laughs> wow. Colton Tum Tum was the worst. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Poor Rocky. There we go. So that's 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 going to be my favorite. <laughs> so, um, so let us know on the uh, reply to the tweet uh, that this one came out, or you could also send in via email or however you want to get in contact with the show. Um, send us based off of all that we have given you. Send us your preferred fantasy cast based off of all of that. That just leaves us a spinoff. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to tell everybody to check out or to avoid? Uh, Scott, let's go with you. Uh, I'm. Going uh, all the way back to, I think, 2017, um, a podcast I just feel like I need to share with everybody called S-Town. Um, it's a kind of a sister show to Serial. Um, okay. It's it's about, it's it's more of a, a character piece about a, a guy who lives in Alabama, uh, in this uh, uh, Woodstock, Alabama, which has nothing to okay. do with the festival. And it's just uh, seven episodes of just a human interest piece about this this guy's life and he's just one of the most fascinating men i've i've ever heard speak so i just a uh, podcast again is called s town i can't recommend it enough nice uh jeff what about you so i got two small ones i've got um one movie and one band band first one is a uh, confess fletch starring john ham it was a movie that came out last year hmm. um I think it is super underseen. I think it's really, really funny. And John Hamm is just wonderful in it. He's he's just he's just goofy. He's charming. He's everything. He's so great in this movie. Yeah, and I, I don't think you're going to be upset watching it. So I think I I, I want to give it some love. And then the um, music I want to push out real quick is a band called Whitney. They put out a new single called For a While. They're they're a lo- they're a Chicago band. They're like indie rock with hints of like folk and a Chicago soul as uh, one artist okay. uh, claims they are. Um, but I think they're really kinda great. Kind of like a Chicago Mumford and Sons? Yeah, kind of like a, a... I think they're All more... Right. I think they're they're better than a Mumford and Sons by far. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Mumford and Sons either. No, I like... They, they just have a really good sound. I like their first two albums a lot. Their first album is Light Upon the Lake, and then their second album is Forever Turned Around. That one's my favorite. I would highly recommend just checking out them as a band. They're great. Sweet. We are only recording a couple days after the last uh, episode launched, which was the two Ghost Rider movies. So I really haven't gotten a chance to check out, uh, like, to do anything besides uh, work and watch those movies and all that. So I um, am going to... I just had something. I freaking had something I was going to (laughs) say. I am going to... what did I, I can't remember. I had something I wanted to say and I forgot because I didn't write it down because I'm really bad at making notes. Guys, I'm so good at podcasting. I'm so good at it. This is this great. Is this amazing. is great radio. I'm so good at, at, <laughs> at keeping things on track and not rambling and rabbit trailing. It is incredibly late. <laughs> I know. I will just uh, default to saying that 
I'm going to double down on you should watch Three Ninjas, Knuckle Up, and Kick Back. <laughs> Good recommendations. <laughs> well, that's a wrap. Remember that you can follow um, uh, Jeff uh, at his uh, handles that he provided earlier. I will have his Twitter handle in the episode description below. Uh, and then uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Letterboxd, or Schweik Castle. Uh, quick reminder this is Pop Riders Room is part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. And if you want to give some feedback to the show, tell Aaron to stop recording so late, then uh, you can do that at Riders Room at by DMing the uh, Pop Twitter or by DMing me on Twitter. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or, I have to, uh, or Spotify, please leave us a review. That would really help out the show and make me feel good about myself. So <laughs> I would appreciate that. And on uh, next week, Robert and I will be talking about the Philadelphia story for our goats for this month. Uh, so we will det- we will watch the Philadelphia story and determine whether or not that film is a goat. And then in two weeks, Ale- Ale- Alex and Jonathan will be around to talk about Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane. Those two movies are connected as they are in the same universe. That's how those two got paired together. <laughs> So next week, Philadelphia story, two weeks, the uh, Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane. We will see you back here next week. But Scott, Jeff, thank you guys so much for staying on. And um, even at the top of the show, when I was like, hey, we're look, you know, hour and a half is kind of the goal for the podcast. And here we are at two and a half. But I had a great time. Um, I hope you did, too. So. Yeah, thank you for having yeah, me. Wonderful. It's really nice to uh, show up. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Always a for pleasure. Sure. Well, we will see you guys next week. Until then. I don't know. You stay classy, San Diego. Why not?